You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Stateside Podcast. <laughs> Uh, this week's guest is Alan Ashcraft. Ashcraft! He is the lead art design for Rise Records. Um, yeah, really interesting conversation. It's good to hear a different take on the music industry and how you can find your happy corner. A lot of good advice in it. A lot of good advice. Um, yeah, really good conversation. Ashcraft! Yeah. Take it away, Andrew. <laughs> We have the technology. His parents stopped buying Hot Pockets and downgraded to corn dogs, literally because of me. <laughs> a kid has never even crossed my mind. Really? Never. never. I never want one still. My parents. My parents. That, just happened. That's what everybody says. But you said I'm getting married too, Neil. Yep. I don't want to. It's not because I want to whore around or anything. You have a just... long-time girlfriend, right? Uh, no, not really. Um, we're probably at like just under a year at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I had a seven year relationship and then since then it hasn't been really longer than probably a year. Okay, cool. I feel good about this one though. Love it. Yeah. So, uh, make sure we're up, up in it, up close to the mic. We going, Andrew? How's this? That's good. Just good. (laughs) Uh, hi, Alan. Thanks for Hello. thanks for coming on the Stateside Podcast. We, Absolutely. We appreciate Thank you for it. the invite. Um, I haven't seen you in probably like seven years. It's been a while. Well, no, because you were, and you're going to feel really bad now. Uh-oh. You were uh, <laughs> at the, the studio when Fireside was in with Crummit. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yep, yep, so, yep, yep, yep. I mean, we didn't oh, hang yep. out or anything at that point. Right. But, yeah. And I, I was, you know, Crummit kept me very busy. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I don't remember any of my time there yeah really. it was all any inter- <laughs> just a blur yeah all the interactions were brief right right well yeah it's funny alan and i have talked on the phone quite a bit yeah but this is probably the first time i've seen you in a couple of years at least yeah it's been a while because yeah. i missed uh i missed crummit's pool party over the summer right okay um and then any other function that he had yeah the they last... are pretty legendary you got to make it next yeah year. i was at the the two before that and i I don't remember it at all. Everyone else remembers and tells me the stories, but I just it was. It well, was then bad I probably news. I probably they're, saw they're you at a couple of those too, but I also yeah. don't remember any of them. Yeah, so. <laughs> they were they were brutal. Well, uh, for the listeners, as it were, uh, can you give a quick like two minute bio of just who you are, where you come from, what you do at Rise? Yeah, just kind of the quick quick story. Um, I started uh, started playing drums in 2014. Did the the high school band thing. Um, got in a serious band um, shortly. Actually, did I say 2014? I don't think that's correct. My math is all messed been up. Before that, I yeah. started playing in 2005. You're a graphic gotcha. designer, gotcha. not a mathematician. There we go. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, yeah, the graphic design probably started then. Um, right. Yeah, and then just a bunch of uh, just kind of silly bands, just trying to figure it out. 
I, I was in a band two months after starting my instrument, so it was just a real right. Just awkward, jump in the just, pool, even though yeah, you don't trial know by fire, yeah. go go go. That's the way to do and, it. And uh, and then as I started to get a little more proficient and kind of respect uh, the instrument and music and, and all of that, um, got into a more serious band. We did our thing. Got signed to a label. Kind of you know did what everyone at that age and at that at that point wants to do, which is you know be a huge rock star and all that. And then the realities of, you know, just the situation, touring, the industry, whatever, those kind of hit. You get tired of being broke. Right. Um, and then I happened to pick up a craft um, in graphic design just out of necessity because my band needed some stuff. Yeah. And uh, we were all, once again, broke, so we couldn't afford to uh, pay a, a professional. And even if we had the money, we didn't – where do you go for yeah. that, you know? Right, right. So um, – I kind of figured that out and then did the music slash design thing kind of in tandem for a while. And uh, the band thing kind of faded out a little bit and I wanted to make money. So went around um, trying to apply for legit design jobs while freelancing and uh, kind of came up short in a couple areas and then um, just kind of fell back on freelance because of it. Yeah. And then just kind of in like connections to the music world and, and all of that uh, ended up landing a job as a I think it was just graphic designer at first at Rise okay. and uh, I worked under an art director I want to say I wasn't there for very long and he had left and then um, I filled that position and I've been there for I think three years in July what's the actual title uh, just art director now art director yep wow yeah so that's what? rad man you're still doing freelance on the side too yeah right? yeah whenever whenever the thing at Rise keeps me really really busy so sure. it has to be something that um, a lot of the times it's it's like hookups for for friends. I have a friend that's uh, starting a yoga studio, right. and I'm like, okay, all she has right. no idea what she's doing. Right. She sends me a picture of like a, a sketch and says, "Can you make this not suck?" And then I, <laughs> I do my best. I'll put like 20, 30 minutes into it right. in between other projects. Um, so it's yeah, that's it's rad. helping friends out a lot. That's cool. Yeah, and it's it's cool because it's kind of like it's similar to what I'm doing. Where yeah, I grew up playing drums just like you did, playing mm -hmm. in bands. And then over time, I realized, I mean, I, I love playing in bands. I love being creative. I, I get all that. I love it. I yeah. never won't. But I also don't want to disappear in a van for a month at a time, seven months out of the year with three smelly guys. Exactly. Like, it's just not in the cards Only for me three? anymore. Or four. I've toured with ten. Yeah. <laughs> in a van. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. There's yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. Sometimes more three feels four. like right. ten, depending on who those three are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it can be brutal. Well, if you're in a van with Stefan Hawks. Um, I can see that. Pretty yeah. nasty. Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, the excitement just wears off. At yeah. first, you're like, ooh, adventure. And, like, sure. for me, I grew up in an incredibly small town. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm from the area, but I grew up in Brush Prairie, which is, oh my it's God. literally like a mile long it's cables road and you you get onto cables right. road it says welcome to brush prairie road as soon as you're off cables road it is says that eastern for... oregon we're, we're about no that's that? um so it's just a little bit north of um vancouver but a little bit south of battleground brush prairie oh, okay. likes to bleed into battleground no one washington knows... state yeah if i oh, want to right. tell anybody where that area is i normally say battleground and they go oh okay gotcha but brush prairie is just this it's this tiny tiny blip just kind of between vancouver and battleground right and uh I had never seen, I mean, other than, uh, you know, the, the Portland area for shows and stuff, I didn't, I mean, when I first started, Portland to me was like Broadway, you know, being <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah. like oh, Vancouver, Brush Prairie, I was like, oh, yeah. how do we get a show at the Paris Theater? Like Manhattan. Like, that would be, <laughs> yeah. we just got to break into Portland, Oregon. Right. It's right. just so silly. Sure. So then when you go to tour and uh, you can go see the full country, I'm like, oh my God. So then not yeah. really eating or 
you know, not showering, oh, not yeah. sleeping well, oh, yeah. all, all those things, they don't really bug you at first. No, not when you're 21. Right. And you exactly. don't have to worry about your mortgage and, you know, uh, your wife back at home. And Yeah. Right? That's why it's the perfect time it's to do different. it. I have yeah. buddies that are touring right now at 30 years old. It's and brutal. that to me is more impressive brutal. than anything I've ever done at all because uh, my hat's off to him. You know how much you would have to pay me to do that now? Oh, my God. It'd be, I know. It'd be so much money. Yeah, like, look, I mean, I follow Josh Fries on Instagram. You know who mm-hmm. he is, the, yep. the drummer, mercenary yep, drummer for hire. a monster. A monster, yeah, so a beast. Yep. And he's like my fucking hero. Mm-hmm. But, look, he, he's touring with Sting right now. Mm-hmm. That's a little different. Like, it's yeah, very Yeah, where do I different. sign up? Yeah. Cool, it sounds yep. fucking great. But, oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, so anyway, now that we just complained about how <laughs> fucking much of a pussy we are. Yeah. Um, Everyone feel bad for us, all of our adventure yeah. and excitement. But no, I just, I love... <laughs> Seeing the world. Mm-hmm. But I, I love yeah. that story. I, I love that you, you're like, look, I love music. I love the industry. I love this corner of the world. How do I find my little pie? You know, my piece of that pie. How, exactly. how do I get involved without mm-hmm. having to be, you know, a, a smelly band, band guy for the rest of your life? Absolutely. That's why the, the, um, the Rise Records gig is so awesome because I was... I mean, before Rise, I remember because I was a security officer at a community college for like eight years. Oh wow! And it was it was a fantastic job in that I would show up, I'd get in a golf cart, I'd roll around a campus in it for like four to five hours, get paid way too much money per hour. Yeah, like I was making more than than Vancouver police at that point, Jeez. and uh, and not getting shot at and not dealing with <laughs> sure, of course, you know, insane people. And but it was perfect because if I needed to leave for tour, they were really cool about it. I always had a job when I came back, a yeah. well-paying job that was super easy. Um, if I worked like a graveyard shift, I'd take my MacBook to like a secluded part of campus and just freelance while I was at the the campus. So I'm just making money while I'm making money. It was right. awesome, making it work. Yep. But at some point, um, I was like, I gotta go get like a legit design job, and I had applied at like trucking companies and. I played at like a restaurant just to like be their their menu brochure guy. Yeah. And I got like laughed out of interviews because I think they could smell the disinterest on me where I'm just right. like I'm here to apply for this job that I really don't want. I just don't want. I just want the money Dude, and I know how to huge. design. That's yeah. huge. I just hated it. I you just, just hated didn't, it. didn't care. Zero passion for it. Yeah. And, and ever they since, can smell that a mile away. Absolutely. And ever since elementary school, if I wasn't in- interested in something – people thought I had like a learning disability because I just, that is so, cr- that's exactly how I am too. Yeah. I just didn't care. I know. I just I didn't legit care. legit didn't care. I wouldn't mean, try. I was such a little fucking asshole when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, partly cause I was an asshole. I still am, but yeah. you know, it was like uh, every job I had, it was a, just a struggle. Yep. School I fucking hated. Exactly. And then, you, it, and then you were told that you were a piece of shit because yeah, you're told you're a piece of but shit. But in reality, if you actually and... get something that you're passionate about, you yeah. kill it. Yeah. And then, you know, then I crossed the hall to the other side of high school and I go play in, in marching band, jazz band and, and symphonic and like, mm-hmm. Oh, there's James. Yeah. Oh, he actually likes that. Right. Oh, and it's 100%. like, you know, that, that whole, that whole personality mentality has certainly crossed over in our adult life. Obviously. Yeah. 100%. Because I was known, I mean, Jesus in my, uh, like, like 17, 18. Well, I got expelled from my high school for just not, for just not showing up, because I had my license at I think seventeen, right? And I had this, uh, I had this Ford Bronco that I still think about. It was a '94 Ford it a Bronco, white Ford Bronco. No, I wish not. It was black. Jason Simpson's it stuff. was black. It was the by the shit. way, he got released from prison, and he, we will talk about he that. He did, either. yeah, absolutely. I w- saw a little something on that this morning. My God, um, and I would the juice is loose. Since I had wheels, 
I would my mom and uh, my stepdad that I lived with, uh, they would go to work. So I was essentially home alone all day if I wanted to be. Right. So I, it was my own schedule. I would wake up. I would wait until noon. I would just play Tekken until noon. And then at noon, I was like, my friends are at lunch at school, which the school was, once again, small town. It was 500 yards like from my front door. So yeah. I'd hop in the car. I'd bomb up there. I'd shoot the shit with them for half an hour, and then I would leave. And that was <laughs> – I did that like every day of senior year. And then one day, I, I no shit woke up, and I was like, yeah, I got to turn my life around, and I got I to gotta be <laughs> a student. going to school. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I go, and of course, on that day that I choose to turn my life around, I'm late. So I got to go and uh, go to the office and go, I need a note because it's second period now. And they go, yeah, you're not in our system. Right. And I was like, why not? And they're like, you've been expelled. Like, you've missed too many days. It's April. Like, you should have turned your life around three years ago. Wow. This is way. So I was like, okay. And I just, I got a job, like, within a week of that, I think. At, like, a, it, was, it was a terrible, um, I was putting together pressure washers for, like, $8 an hour. It was horrible. But right. it was, for me, this, like, liberating moment of, like, okay, school's behind me. I ended up getting my GED and right. everything's been fine since then because now I don't have to focus on, you know, my senior year we were coloring maps like we like a, a country, like all of the states. They'd be like, okay, color every state a different color. Make sure you color the water blue. And I'm 17 years old and I was like, this is a waste of my time. Waste your time. I don't care about don't this. Care. And now it's just what do you care about? Go chase that. Right. Go do that. And right. uh, yeah. I'm just school, motivated all the time because of it. Yeah, school never made sense to me. I mean, me there's like I stuff it. like that. And there's like so much stuff that – like when I when I went to college, I went to Full Sail. Mm. Um, and the very first day of orientation, the dude came out and was just like, forget everything you've ever learned up to this point. We're right. going to start over. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I mean that that's actually a really interesting thing. It's like – you know, because you always hear people say, follow your passions. Right. Well, that's not entirely accurate because it's no. your journey, journey, your journey and my journey and everyone else here for that matter. It's a little bit different. It's like, yeah, follow your passion. But what is your what's your skill set and your natural? What what, what are you good at within right. that passion? Mm-hmm. Right. So if you were to just follow your passion, you'd be sitting here telling me you're a drummer in a band and you're you know, stinking it up with a bunch of, we'd be playing fallout is yeah. what we'd be doing. Exactly. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you did, you're like, Oh, I got the skill set. That's graphic design. I'm naturally gifted at that image based mm-hmm. stuff, art design. I'm good at that. This yeah. is how I get involved in my passion. That is music as a whole. Absolutely. Right? Plus I think it's so important. I think that's a huge thing for people to, yeah, that's to massive remember. as well as just being open to not knowing what it is you want. Like as a, as a kid, everyone in my class could draw and I couldn't. So right. the idea of design, that was never going to happen. I didn't realize that I could just I could just chill, do my get my creative um uh output via music and then with graphic design, you know, I start getting into Photoshop and realizing that there's different types of art, there's photo manipulation, there's you yeah, don't necessarily different have to, tools. Yeah, you don't have to draw, scan and then, you know, rescan and redraw and there's there's different avenues and uh that was huge for me. That was a, a kind of an epiphany type moment where I knew I had a way that I could take that vehicle and and make something of myself with it, do something right. that I enjoy. Right. Which is, I mean, since my mom will tell you, since I was six, I was always looking for a way to not work. Like I just wanted to avoid the status quo. Yeah, me too. I didn't want to do my chores. I, I, I didn't want to do math homework. Yeah. I didn't want to read a book. Like, right. It's, it's just, not because you're lazy. It has. Right. It's actually quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a focus of the brain. Yeah. Like the things that I love. It's not even 
Look, if you want to go have fun, go to a movie. Right. Go to fucking Disneyland. Go do something. That's different. Yeah. We're not talking about having fun. We're talking about what brings you value and, and makes you feel like you. Yeah. But your exactly. passions are yeah. also fun. Your passion just happened to might be fun as well. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been recording bands now for 11 years. I still feel like I haven't worked right. in 11 years. But it's but there are hard moments. Oh, Sometimes yeah. it's still oh, yeah. work, yeah. right? It's still 100%, work. 100%, yeah. But I mean, the, when you follow your passion. is still a job. It's Yeah, yeah it's right? incredibly challenging too, which of course. is when people try to steer away from hard work that isn't the issue because no. th- my gig at rise is the hardest thing i've ever done that's right it's that's i mean right. i am i am spinning plates and you can't Expectation. survive you can't survive at that label unless you're a swiss army knife everyone yeah. that's there they're not just good at whatever their job description is so let's talk about that so if you so your actual t- title is art Art so, director. Art director. Yeah, it, it was graphic design. So talk I, about what that actually entails, and what, I mean, so obviously you have a couple design guys under you, I think. Is what yeah, yeah. So mentioned. I have I have one, and then I'm allowed to uh, I'm allowed to outsource. Okay. So um, I bring in um, a lot of my uh, just different design buddies that I've met, just kind of just internet design buddies, right? You know that you there's all the communities out there, and you kind of um, you're able to uh, kind of link up with the guys that that aren't on the message boards, uh, stirring up shit. And yeah, like, right. there's a lot, a lot of prima donnas, drama sure. queen, you know, you don't, you don't want to have to deal with that guy. You like the dudes that are, they do solid work. They turn it in quickly. And I don't think before this job, I ever really, um, valued like quick turnarounds more than right now because it's all it is. I have, yeah, I have it's massive plates of, of stuff that I have to finish and it's all on me. You right. know, my, my supervisors are looking at me like, get this done now, get yeah. it done ASAP. And uh, sometimes it's an impossible amount of work, which is just a testament to how well the label's doing. So I just have to, I got to quarterback that out to different people. So for, like, give us an example of something that you have worked on in the past month or so. Like what, or, you know, just kind of paint a picture for yeah, for someone that um, doesn't know. What does that mean? Like, are you, helping, yeah, are you working with bands to design the, their look? Or yeah, how I describe it to people, like, it's... It kind of goes back to that Swiss Army knife thing. It's not – there isn't one way that I get tossed into a project um, every single time. It's always different. Some some pro- projects will uh, – you know, release dates will change. They'll either be yeah. pushed up or moved back, and I've got to be able to um, be in sync with that and find that rhythm and, and, uh, and know that, okay, well, this one takes priority over this one because this album comes out sooner or – Okay, you know, there, there's a holdup at the studio for this one. They're kind of redoing a couple tracks, so got a little more time on this. You know, whatever the, whatever some of that like the the more um, administrative stuff is. That's yeah. kind of my favorite part about my job is that I stay out of, you know, just the just everything in the back end, all the contracts and right. the agreements and all that. I'm just kind of like, if you need sick art, like hit me up. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's I love that's being right. like the but office the cool thing stoner. Is you still that, get a little bit of knowledge of that. Back oh, totally. Oh, we've I talked love, about some of that stuff, like how at the drive-in happened. One hundred percent. How does Goldfinger get signed to Rise? Exactly. I, oh, yeah. oh yeah, I want to know that. <laughs> yeah, it's the the core cool uh, bouncing souls, right? Aren't yeah. they on Rise now? Uh, yeah, they are. I guess they have been for a while. But yeah, still like. Yep. No, That's not it's not a classic rise band. No, quote, I, unquote, you know, absolutely. I love working there just because I am able to learn so much just eavesdropping on my supervisors. You right. know, we have a bunch of open right. offices and some, some of us are on conference calls with each other. Some of us aren't. And, yeah. and I'll just be, you know, cruising along on some like album layout or some social assets or something. And, uh, I'm able to glean info from, um, these dudes above me that have been doing this for a while and are, 
just brilliant in their individual categories where they are they're just oh dude if i could just sit and pick their brain they're way too busy for me just to be like hey give me a one-on-one but you're there but you're there but i'm able to such a huge thing for you exactly i'm able to to do that and they'll they're both really i mean all three of them honestly are really cool about it's great being able to pick any sort of like situation and just kind of take it to the side and, and talk to all of us and just kind of be like oh so this is how this happened and this is you know and you're just able to kind of understand a little more of how that really convoluted part of the industry yeah. works a little bit better. I still have a long way to go, obviously. So like when you look at the website, are you involved in that at all? The way that, is that a totally different thing? Um, the, the website in terms of like coding and stuff, not at all. I've actually like been really adamant about staying away. From, even as a freelancer, I would have people hit me up about web design and I'm like, no, okay. thank you. I don't want to yeah. like it's web design to me is really impressive and cool. Just like engineering and, Recording yeah. bands is awesome, but then it's also the most daunting. I'm like, keep it away from me. I don't ever want to learn. So, so let's get back. Like, what was something you've been working on the past handful of weeks? And yeah, so it'll. Be, I know it's all over the place. Yeah, changes, yeah. Um, a good example would be, geez, in the last month, I don't know if I could do that because it has been, it has been super crazy. Um, a really quick project that I really enjoyed was, um, uh, Dance Gavin Dance released that um, that seven inch that had uh. What were the the two summertime gladness and pussy vultures? Okay, and um, I think pussy vultures is older, but summertime gladness name. is such a good song. I've probably listened to that song at least 150 times right. since it came out. And uh, the band had provided the um, just a photo of like kind of this this like bumblebee on a like a flower, and it came like you know oddly. It wasn't a square like the cover was going to be. It was kind of more of like a. Um, like an 18 by 24 poster type uh, shape. So I just had to like recrop it. And then I got to have fun with the type because it came with a zero type on it and then do the reverse side. And then um, the the graphic designer that I work with, he got to pick the um, the vinyl variants and he killed that. And then just the whole package ended up looking really cool. Okay. And that was just a really quick, easy, like not a ton of work or a ton of back and forth, which there is that as well. Um, right. Working with uh, – Jeez, I'm trying to think. Uh, of Mice and Men with uh, Cold World, there was a lot of back and forth with that. And then that that final um, uh, layout for CD was massive to where it opened up into like a – I don't even know. I want to say like a 12-panel digipack that then I think had two more uh, panels that opened up. And then there was an accordion booklet Jesus. that came – it was really, <laughs> really elaborate. It That's was almost kind of silly, yeah, but yeah. it turned Over out really cool. Because so, so often you're also working – you're obviously working with the band themselves, but you're also working with the guy they chose to do artwork. And yeah. You're, yeah, sometimes right? – absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a really good – that's a good point because sometimes a band will be like, hey, our – sometimes it's somebody in the band right. who's just really talented, great designer. They're like, yeah, here's uh, you know a bunch of files that we've already got. So put that on your templates to, to get it produced and – and uh, cool. let us know, you know, what legal lines and all that. And then I'll just go and kind of like pull it across the finish line. And I honestly find enjoyment in that too, even though there's not as much creative. But you're still running me. it through the filter of the label. You're exactly. like, these are our expectations, sort yep. of our guidelines that, yeah. Yeah. For and when release, I've been, got to go through. And sometimes I'll just have tons of project where I'm being sucked dry creatively. So then when I get something like that, it's just a mindless kind of make sure the Rise logo's on it, right. get the barcode on it, you know. But like you said, it's the, the Swiss Army knife thing. Yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Now, so I think you had mentioned at one point you were involved in some uh, bus wraps or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, around the, the like the Talk summer. About that. I want to hear about that. Yeah, That's, the summer festival cool. season, um, we end up doing uh, 
I want to say it was Warp Tour two years ago, we did uh, a bus wrap for Chelsea Grin. And it's just, you know, it's obviously more cost effective and nine times out of ten faster if uh, my supervisors are like, just handle that. Just burn a day on it. Is there somewhere we can find that right now? Mm, Maybe. Man, I got one good picture of it on my Instagram page. What year? Uh, This was 2015. I want to say 2015 uh, warp tour warp tour so, bus wrap. Yeah. What's, your, just, what's your Instagram? Yeah. Just search way. mine. So it's just, it came from the sky. Just all one word. And then uh, you shouldn't have to go back too far. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just curious, but yeah. I yeah remember... Well, the picture I got was actually not bad. Cause I was back by the buses and stuff. And right. I was just like, Oh, let me just, Oh, I'm private. Oh, Andrew, follow him. Follow it. him, Andrew. Oh, no, then he'll, then he'll prove it. it live on air. <laughs> we'll get it. This We're going to get we it done. This. Welcome to the stateside podcast where we approve Instagram. <laughs> oh, and I'm on, <laughs> I'm on airplane mode. On air. So I got to take it off airplane That's because you're a pro. Look at this guy. Oh, yeah. This turns his phone. Ben my ben to my fucking phone's on even on airplane mode. <laughs> I don't even know where my phone is. To be, this oh, is why you get there. the job. Yeah. Good All right, man. boom. Approved. Refresh um, it. Now we can look at it. Yeah, well, while, while that's happening, we, we can move on. Um, so, I, have, I have a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so like... Every every band on the label does all the artwork have to go through you, whether it's done before or do you design it all? Like, how does that work? Are yeah, there bands so, that you don't work with? Yeah, it'll it'll go through me no matter what. Um, I don't think not necessarily for aesthetic. Obviously, if something's turned in that looks like it was it was done with MS Paint, then we're gonna step in and kind of be like, we, we're gonna save that band from themselves. Kind right. of, we're right. gonna be like. We promise you, if you give us two days, you know, we're going to, I've heard, I've heard my supervisor say it, like, let our art guy handle that. He's going to, and then I've turned in stuff and, or even just spruced up what they have turned in. And they're like, okay, yeah, that's a facelift. That's way better. We'll run with that. Um, but that's super, super rare. Okay. Um, yeah. Whether I do it or, or they do it, it does have to go through us just to get the, you know, all the, all the fun stuff, the catalog number, the barcode, the legal line, um, Yeah, copyright stuff. I mean, what about all that stuff? You know, Andrew just had a picture of Warp Tour. Yeah, the, so this was actually and... yeah, this was um this this last Warp Tour. Um, Rise's logo has always been rad, right? I, I know. It's I can't believe how timeless. I know. It's, it's always been the same. Yeah, everyone knows that. Yeah, like, yeah. R. I love it. Um, yeah, it was just it yeah. was time for us to re up our tents, and uh, we normally do a semi like that. Um, at least in the the three years that I've been there. And those are those are a pain just because it's such a massive file size. Oh my god! And I have I have a dope computer there too. Like, even, dude, it, I'm so it's a fantastic, but shit. it no it idea. wants to tap out every two seconds, right. and I have to save constantly because it just just to move like that Goldfinger logo like five pixels down can take me like thirty seconds because it's just my computer catching up to the command. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then all of the album minis to the right of it, and dude, I'm gonna get a picture of that. That's fucking. It's dope. uh, it's a fun gig though because then you go to Warped and you see it, and uh, it's it's cool to see. I we have a running joke in the office that anytime I design something, only if it's huge like that, like something large format, then yeah. my mom wants to see it. She's <laughs> she specifically told me like if it's no an shit. album cover, that's tiny and I don't care. Right. But right, if it's right. like bigger than my house, take a picture, let me see it. Like <laughs> only that to her is really cool. It's the funniest thing. It's so supportive, so but also awesome. not at the same time. That's amazing. What year was that? That was that last. Yep. Yeah, that was last year. Maybe I shouldn't try to Instagram at the same time as doing a podcast. What do you guys think? <laughs> hey man, whatever you want to do. What, what do the listeners think? Post your comments. 
Yeah, post your comments. Should James pay attention to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, I have a couple. Neil, do you have more questions? Well, I, I have mean, a couple. That, yeah. Um, since you are a visual man, as it were, mm-hmm. how important do you think visuals are? I mean, obviously, they've been important since Led Zeppelin and prior to that and album covers, and it's mm-hmm. it's part of a band's, I hate to use the word, but branding, right? Right, yeah. Now, how important do you think that is moving forward in 2017 where anyone has access to technology? I mean, this is the same conversation we have every day about, you know, what's the difference between a real actual tradesman producer and some kid that just got a Pro Tools rig and a couple of microphones? Like, right. So you actually have a real training and an expertise in doing this stuff. So what it, what what role does a young band today have in that? And like, wh- how important is that for them to focus on early on? And does it help? Is that something, you know? Right. Yeah. I go back and forth with this a lot because if an album is killer, like lately I've been, um, I've been in love with the newest um, uh, being as an ocean record. I like it. It's actually, it's a huge departure from some of their stuff, which I wouldn't have considered myself um a fan of theirs before this record. And I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you why I stumbled uh, across this record. I'm honestly not a fan of the cover. Like if I just saw the cover, I wouldn't really care. Um, As a designer, there's a lot I would do differently, but it's also not, it's not terrible either. But that record is so fantastic that it makes me not care at all about the cover. But then there have been albums that the cover alone made me interested. Yeah. So, that's it's kind of a non-answer but well what about as a whole not just like the album cover but you know bands that are aware of their appearance they're aware of the way they put their best foot forward they have a logo or right they have a logo or yeah are they you know putting stickers on every venue they go to yeah right i mean some of those bands we all know who they are that Mm -hmm. that are really good at that and it really I think it separates them from the punk rock ethic of just like, well, our music's going to speak for itself. Fuck yeah. you. Peace. We're out. I mean, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Great. But you know, I think there's I th- a lot in between there. Yeah. Ideally, I think that authenticity is going to be the best brand to have. I would agree for me. I like that. If, if you're, you know, a, a uh, just a, a dirty kind of like long haired denim jacket kind of, uh, you know, gross Portland rock band. Right. Then that's do that. Gonna, if Embrace that's real, that. yeah, if that's real, then do that. Yeah, like, I, I, I always, I always like, to, correct me if I'm wrong, because you do this for a living, but like, so the things that I like off to that point, what I tell the bands that I develop is like, yeah, if you're like a grungy Portland dirty band, don't have a bubblegum pop lo- like label right. or, or you know like a right. like a album art or yeah. logo Embrace or something. Embrace the darkness. And it's like yep. it's and you're comment about like stickers and flyers and stuff like like you said that kind of stuff has to be attracting because like the whole point of doing that is to introduce people to your band that have not heard of you. Totally. And so yeah. if you're if you're posting up this really boring flyer in a urinal of a venue yeah. and it's like the people are going to have to take time out of their day. They're going to have to open up their phone. They're probably doing shit at the venue. Hence why they're there. Yeah. They're going to have to look you up and have to remember your name. Like right. they, people are usually just look at that shit and just like, Oh, more stickers. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, branding is huge in terms of, you know, so authenticity. Yes. But then to your point as well, consistency as well. Right. You're going to, you're definitely going to want to stay, consistent with if you are that that kind of grungy band or if you are like more poppy you're clean you're you guys are all like well manicured and then 
let your your logo, your album artwork, your even your form of promotion, like that yeah. that gross gutter Portland band, I would love to see their flyers only around urinals. Yeah, exactly. You know? right. Where like you have, put them is a factor. It, it, absolutely. Yeah. Like keep it because if it's on like the side of some fancy Portland hotel, that that seems weird. That seems you're like not. A, it's not going to be. You're not going to be like uh, exposing yourself to the right demographic to begin right. with, so to speak. But at the same yeah. time, that's also we're kind of talking about. Uh, physical promotion where in in the digital world that we're in now that's kind of a but you know then you can get into advertising on specific websites over other websites right, if you right. are that grungy band over that you know and that's that's another thing that I'm kind of gleaning at at rise is some of the um, I handle all of our our print ads so in in doing that I kind of work in tandem with with one of my supervisors and he's been really great about kind of showing me that um, certain bands are obviously going to work better in certain publications. And then on top of that, you're going to want to put kind of a focus on, uh, like we just started working with juxtapose, which is like an art magazine. So they don't, they don't typically, uh, do a lot with music, but they've kind of talked to us about, about wanting to do something with music. So that's been a, a mutually beneficial thing where we kind of bring them the music, but then they bring us this cool Avenue where, um, we put at the drive in there because they, uh, they had, it, I think it was one of their buddies that did the the artwork, and he's just kind of this old school um, dude that's been doing this like kind of trippy artwork that's really interesting, unique, and just fit with that yeah. that aesthetic within Juxtapose really well. Whereas um, another band with like like a hardcore band with kind of a straightforward uh, visual vibe might not, but then they would be great for for New Noise magazine or for, right. you know. I feel like right, this is, right. this is a, a, a huge mistake that a lot of young bands make. Yeah, well, because it's, it, it's so convoluted and it's so it's so up there in terms of, like, it's like... You have to be genuine. You have to attract the kind of people that are going to want to listen to your music. Yeah. Yeah, you if, if your lineage as a band is kind of, is like the, the video game Mortal Kombat, you know how you would, like, your first fight is, like, pretty easy. You get up there and then, like, Goro is, like, level 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the mirror match is always number nine. Yeah. So that, that's where, like, some of this marketing and brand, that's so up there. When you're in your garage jamming, you're not, like, so, like, you're what not, magazine should we be in? Right, like, that's right. So, yeah, that's the second step. But I'm, so I'm talking about beyond. just, like, when, sure. you're, when you're a DIY band designing your own T-shirt or something. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's tons of value there, too, in keeping in line with your brand, even when you are super DIY. And sometimes DIY is the brand. Yeah. The right. fact that we exactly. refuse to not do it ourselves. So, yeah, right. like, in the, in that case, like, my roommate Jason, he was in a Chin Up Rocky. Do you remember those guys from way back I've in definitely the heard the name, yeah. Yeah, so they were a huge DIY. They printed their own stickers, T-shirts, buttons. They did everything themselves. Wow. And so when they – and they even designed the artwork themselves. And so when they did the artwork, they didn't try to make it look like a four-year strong or, like, a Rise Records kind right. of yeah. thing. They did that deliberately because consciously they knew that, like, hey, we're a DIY band. Mm-hmm. Like, let's make, you know – and that's who they were. They didn't want to pretend. Yeah. They didn't want to present them. And a lot of bands make this mistake too, especially with photos, I feel like. Yeah. Is like they'll take these classy, artsy photos, like make them look super legit. But in reality, they're just like that Portland grunge band you're yeah. talking about. And it's like, you're like, you may attract like, a, you know, a 15 year old girl or something and say, hey, this looks rad, but she's not going to necessarily like it. She might. Right. But you're attracting the wrong kind of person. Like, if you're a DIY, anti establishment kind of dude, like, you sh- the, everything you do should reflect that. And then the yeah. people that listen to you are going to respect you that much more because they have the same belief system you do. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. some people think that if, if we are that grungy band, that we, you can't be, you can't get professional visual shit and have a grungy look to it like if it's yeah, professional it's Nirvana. always crispy and clean I mean, come on. exactly like, yeah i know i mean there's there are a lot That's of silly. 
different aesthetics that are coming back that are that that dirtier kind of old jazz LP cover where it's like you know simple simple colorways like very limited colorways and um you get that uh it's a huge thing i'm seeing in terms of because i'm a big like uh i'm a big texture guy like i love working with textures in, in photoshop and a huge um thing going on right now are, is the uh the vinyl like the lp ring mm-hmm. yeah. using that like live texture i love it the I vinyl's do... back yeah oh me too it's so rad. yeah i'm totally guilty of being that guy that collects vinyl and doesn't own anything to play it on <laughs> but for <laughs> me it's just you the just artwork is bigger you know what? Like, now yeah, you made that you, point like, i that actually yeah i actually got a bunch of free vinyls from craig a long time ago oh that's awesome and i have them still but i yeah i don't have any we gotta get craig on the show I oh know. yeah, absolutely. You'll have to talk yeah. to him for it. Yeah, he's got stories. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah. We we've met, but it's been so long. It, it would literally yeah. be a reintroduction at this point. Yeah, which would be fine. Yeah, that might be even better. Seems like a dope guy. Um, so let's see here. What else do I have for you? Yeah. So for the young bands out there, pay attention to what you're showing people. Mm-hmm. How you present yourself. Okay. Well, that kind of leads into this kind of other question. What? I know this is a broad question and maybe impossible to, to answer, but what is a label like Rise? What are they looking for in a band these days? Does it does all that stuff that we just talked about come into play? Are they, are they just wanting you to pay your fucking dues for a while and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna watch you at a bird's eye view and we'll get to you when we can or like? Yeah, I think that it's. I mean, definitely the the paying your dues part is huge. Not not really necessarily as like a, you know you have to you got to have some miles on you to be considered cool enough it's more if you have miles on your band we we can be a little more sure that you've you've hit some of these marks we need you to 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 get closer to that level of professionalism so that you're not dealing with an individual or several individuals that are a little too green do you and have then, a specific example you could give or a couple not really i think that just overall it's i think social impact is huge you know Mm-hmm. Um, are you, if, if you put something out into the ether socially, do people care how many people care? Um, and also a commitment thing. If, if yes, we, as a yeah. label, which is just a company, it's mm-hmm. a bank, yeah. we're going to get right a loan for you, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to give you a loan and we're going to commit our time and resources to you. Are you going to be a safe investment? It's going to be safe. Are you yeah. going to, are you going to fucking break up next month? Right, like, right. That's huge. I mean, you yeah, there's, see it. there's definitely a level of risk on the uh, on and, the labels part. I and know there always will be when when across the sun got, uh, across the sun got signed by Metal Blade. Um, that was a massive risk for them because I think it was a four album deal and we we completed one. And it's like for them, it's just oh, I remember that. That's just that's what, that. what did that's you what did you bring me on the CDs that. that one time for Across the Sun? We were doing backing tracks or something. Yeah, I think we were trying to get. Um, yeah, because we wanted to have – because Sam, the guitarist, had tracked, like, rhythm and that's then lead. Right, that's and right. we wanted we wanted rhythms to pop in, you know, live, front of house for gotcha. when we were playing out. And uh, and then he would just do the leads over that. Gotcha. Anyway. So, yeah, we needed help separating that. And, gotcha. That's right. I remember. But, uh, but, yeah, that was – for them, it was just, oh, so you guys are done? Okay, cool. And the other three albums just don't happen. So what happened to you and, after that then? They what happened to the band? Yeah, it just kind of dissolved. I went off and uh, kind of focused more on design. There was and, no like penalty or anything. Or? Oh no, not I mean not so far. I not that I know of. Huh. Uh, if there is, then I haven't paid that penalty. <laughs> and I highly doubt anybody. Well, I mean, else I was has. just thinking of it, like because I a lot of bands I work with too, and I actually don't know the answer to this question. So you right. might be able to enlighten me. 
But so like a lot of bands are terrified of that. They get signed, they sign this contract or whatever the logistics are. Mm -hmm. And then they're afraid of the consequences if something like that were to happen. So in your case, you signed a four record deal. Only one got done. Yep. Only one was completed. One was delivered, quote unquote. And then the, so you just had to pay the, like what happened? We didn't, we didn't pay for the other three. Um, I think they, anything that they've invested in us, they, they just recoup. Yeah, they're able to recoup through our. I actually just got a statement from them the other day, and uh, I want to say a few years ago it would, you know, because the final amount that um, we have to have sold in in album sales until we start to get something, right? Um, that amount was like five thousand dollars, and I think now it's like at thirteen hundred or something. That's yeah. that's so kinda, you didn't have to fulfill the full four records. No, because they'll just kind of keep soaking it out of gotcha. what we have delivered until. So in essence, by the end of it, they will have not lost money. I think. So Once if, again, it, I'm yeah, I'm so, the stoner art dude. So when it comes to like <laughs> gotcha. contracts, I'm just like, I don't know, man. Just don't be mad at me, and yeah, I'll yeah. do some album. I think mo- I I could be wrong, and people that are listening are gonna be yelling into the mic into their their phone right now. Right. Right. Everybody's but, always yelling at you. Yeah, but I think. <laughs> It's it's more the label. They're saying that you, the band, can't go anywhere for this three. Right. So if Across cycle. the Sun was going to get back together, you were still under contractual obligation with them. Or maybe right. or, I don't know if, the, if that's what was in the contract. Yeah. But. Well, actually, I just realized I forgot a really important point. Um, we were at a certain point we were dropped from the label, so it's kind of like, and, and I think in a lot of contracts they could because we just i think it had been two years and they were like have you guys written anything new and we had but uh we were like no and they're like okay then we're gonna here's your release letter you know whatever yeah which we were stoked about and then i think we tried to do another record um ourselves which i have the like the very like just the bones of it um we basically have everything except keys and vocals and it's actually a really cool record um but it just never – we kind of all separated and kind of started doing our own things. It happens. But I think because of that release, um, which is why it's an important point that I just completely forgot, um, that I think that changes the legality of it a little bit. Because right. it's – you know, labels obviously write in the contract. They can break up with you. You can't break up with them. Right. So and they broke up with us. So. I think gotcha, you just gotcha. said it. I think that's really yeah. what it is. I, I'm pretty sure. It's I, not you. It's me. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean let's hope. I'm not trying to – to hear that I owe, you know, twenty five percent of however they're going to hear this podcast. They're going to track your ass, <laughs> right. down, dude. Yeah, I would be flattered. They're going to shove did. it hard. What, up what your a waste ass. of their time. So anyway, back to the topic about. Yeah. So what is Rise looking for? Yeah, like, I think just get some miles on you. Um, you know, have uh, obviously just is is whoever at the label because we have we have multiple A and R there. Which whichever one is interested in you. How many? Sorry to interrupt you, but how how many A and R guys does Rise have today? I want to say now it's, I th- essentially I guess five. I want to say um, some are uh, more aggressive in the A and R than others, but it's I mean yeah. Rise is also Swiss it, Army knife. It seems to me it's as like evolving as the, and breathing and totally. And as the dumb know. art guy, it would appear to me that Rise is uh, is so huge that. People just kind of come to them and managers Fuck or yeah. producers and just go, what do you think about this? And they're like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Dude, it's been so fun to watch in the past handful of years. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the drive-in, me and Andrew, I don't know. Neil, did you listen to at the drive-in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, that was such a huge band for us growing up and then subsequently the Mars Volta. But mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I was Jesus into Mars Volta, Christ. but I, I completely missed uh, at the drive-in. I mean, that, that was like 
Because the guys at Rise are like, oh, I have to drive in, and Dude. I'm I'm jealous that I wasn't. It, I totally slept yeah. on that. Yeah. Because how old are you? You're thirty. Uh, thir- I'm actually gonna be thirty-one Friday. Okay, so yeah, I got have to party. Yep. Three years on you. Yeah. So that would make so that, sense. That, I mean, yeah, yeah that adds up. Yep. It's about there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm I'm three years younger. Oh yeah. So well, and one of the. One of the yeah, I mean, guys. legendary bands are legendary. I mean, fifteen-year-olds right, yeah. <laughs> like that. They're going to resonate, yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yep. I mean, a fifteen-year-old just found out about the Beatles today. It's it's crazy <laughs> how that happens. The Beatles, the the Beatles, <laughs> John Lennon, like the insect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, so like off the point of the label thing for kids listening, but like so when I was in North Carolina starting that um, revival with Sean Milky from Alzana. Um, one of the, some of the things that we looked for specifically when we were thinking about signing bands was one, are you self-sufficient? And by that, I mean, right. have you done tours on your own? Do you right. know how to book a show? Do you like, do you have any mode of transportation? Right. How long have you guys been a band? Like, and of course you want to hear the music, but at, at, with us, it didn't necessarily because I was also running a studio too, but you know, there's millions of people out there you can pay to get a record done. So like we didn't care necessarily how it sounded. Like we 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 signed a band off of like a, an iPhone recording, I think. Um so it's it's you know, it's the music yeah. obviously. Are you a cool dude? Right. Like, are you easy to if, work with? Yeah, <laughs> like if you can like I stand being around I can't you. tell you how many times Sean and I, or I would get an email and it would be this kid who knew it's so hard to describe, but he he like he knew he needed to be professional and business like, but he didn't quite know how. Yeah. And so he would go overboard with it, and he just sounded like a prick. Right. And and you know, so it's ruins your shot. If I mean, I mean, there's all there's also bands too where the music wasn't that cool, but they were such cool dudes. We believed in them. Yeah. You know. So and that's you know I'm a, you know I don't know how Rise works, but at least for Revival, those were the, some of the key things. Like we want to make sure that if, if we were going to put our money behind you, that you wouldn't fuck it up, basically. Like, yeah. you know how to tour. You've been on the road before. Absolutely. You're not going to, like, so many bands break up on their first tour. It's like, you're not going to break up, you know. it's. Do you have the work ethic? Yeah, good blue-collar work ethic. So many, <laughs> so the most common misconception that I get with young bands is that when they get signed, their hard work is over. That's right. The label no, does everything for them. Fucking begins, brother. Yeah, yeah, that's where it begins. Like you still got to hustle. That like you, like you put it, James. That it's just a bank practically, and they yeah. have some resources to market you. And and the funny thing about being in a band that has always blown me away is the whole like, you know, this is a vacation from our life, mm. and it's just, this is the time to get fucked up because everyone's <laughs> yeah. watched too many movies and yeah. Motley Crue legendary stories and all this shit. It's like. If you have the audacity to assume that this is going to be your job, right? Yeah. That you're going to expect people to take off a night of work, to pay for parking, to buy your ticket, to fucking get a babysitter, if they, I mean, whatever it is. It and is a business. Not, that's right. And then you not take it serious. Yeah. That's insanity to me. What you would yeah. never show up to your job drunk and not giving a fuck and just like. But it goes eh, into I'm here. This right. plays exactly. This plays exactly into Alan's point earlier when we first started about the passion thing that we were talking about. Yeah. So like it, it you have to treat it seriously. It is a job, so to it speak. Is a, it's not. So, it is a job. But if you want but, it to be. But what my point is, it's a that, fun job. Yeah, yeah like job. you will enjoy every moment of it, and like as long as you take it seriously. Like when you're on tour, I tell a lot of bands keep track of your merch. Like actually, yeah. if like if if you personally, the leader of the band, are not good at accounting most likely one of your other band members is he probably loves numbers 
So instead of like, you know, if he was the guy in high school that always fucking aced his math, have him like do all your accounting. Keep track of that shit. Because when a band would come to us at Revival and they said, hey, we've toured, you know, I don't care how big the tours, but we toured the East Coast, for example. In in, uh, New York City, we sold this much. Right. This was our primary piece that we sold there, whether it was a t-shirt, whether it was a CD, uh, you know, stickers. If you keep track of that, And if you talk to a label, you're going to like blow their mind and they're going to like, it's just going to reassure them that, holy shit, this band is serious. Yeah. They, they, oh, for they sure. take it seriously and they, you, you'll get well, signed. It's, it's that example we always talk about, Neil, of like, like a ship. Yeah. You know, like yep. a pirate ship or something. Yep. Everyone has their role on the ship. There's the captain. There's right. the cook. There's the guy that, you know, hoists up the sail. There's the guy that swabs the deck. And Whatever. the guy that swabs the deck probably sucks at hoisting the, the sail right. and vice it, versa. And just right. it's it's just a role in the band. And just because there's the captain of the band, it's no better or worse. It just is what it is. Yeah. Josh Halmay is the captain of Queens of Stone Age. He yeah. Just, he just is. He doesn't make the drummer any less of a guy. I mean, their drummer, John Theodore, is a fucking legend. If you don't know who he is, get with it. But anyway. Yeah. You know, like every band's got to have that right. role. So, and they got to figure out, are you, the, are you the money guy? Are you the... The visual guy? Are mm-hmm. you? Are you just right. really good at talking to people? Yeah. Like right. I mean, you can. I mean, you. Or see, are you just a good drummer? And if that's the case, shut up and drum. I'm like, sure you've seen. I'm, I'm sure we've all seen, especially since the both of you are drummers. You've probably watched a band live and go, "That drummer is horrible. Why is he in the band for yeah, so long?" That's right. He's yeah. probably giving something to the band he's that the rest of them value. don't have. He's filling some sort of niche. Whether it's like maybe he's the main songwriter. Maybe he is like really good at marketing. Maybe he can crunch the numbers. Maybe he's like, like Lars main... Ulrich was the manager of Metallica. Right. And he brought yeah. all of that to the table. Yeah. It's like the Gary Vee. Double down on your strengths. I'm not saying he's like... a bad drummer. I'm well, I was gonna say it's good he was managing because he was <laughs> barely drumming. <laughs> so he needed so see, some there you sort go. of gig. That's why he was in that band. It's probably <laughs> I'm because not really he, he added a value a that drummer, you weren't but seeing. I am kind of saying he's a bad I, drummer. So that uh, um, what is the some kind of monster that documentary? One of my favorite oh, part yeah. is when he James has given him this riff that I'm not going to say it's a goofy riff. It's not. It's a very obvious it riff. It's easy to follow the rhythm. <laughs> but then <laughs> Lars has the hardest time following it. And he legit, like you can see in his face, he's just like, I can't do he's like, I should quit. Everyone's yeah. been telling me for years to quit. And maybe I'm finally seeing that I should. And then he lets out this fuck. He just screams because that's him rejecting right. the idea oh, yeah, of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. stop. That. And then, yep. and now that shit's on Fighting film, and it. I watch it like every Friday. I Dude, just, just you know, the, the I've never seen funny, it, but just you telling me legit. about it gave me goosebumps. It's yeah. so good. It is so <laughs> goddamn good. And he's a millionaire, and he's like, and then it cuts to him selling paintings for three million a piece, and it's like maybe I'm the idiot, and Lars knows what he's because I've been focusing on actually drumming, and he's yeah. got three million dollars. There's a mindset that definitely goes behind the scenes yeah. for everything. Okay, so well, I have one more question for you. Okay, and then. I'm going to take a piss break. I'm going to pee out of my big old dick. And then we'll come back and do a little current event. I was hoping you were going to say butthole. I'm going to pee out of my butthole. There you go. I'm happy. Um, so, but before I go pee out of my butthole. Yep. Now, what, so, essentially, what is the role of a label today? I know it's a huge, broad question. But yeah. do your best in kind of explaining why... Because, I mean, look, you can Some do a lot Some people think they're today. out of date. Right. You can do a lot on your own today. Essentially, you can go get a loan from a bank. Mm-hmm. You can book your own shows. You can do, blah, 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 blah. You can do everything yourself. Yeah. But Technically, there's a don't re- need them. 
but there's a reason for professionals. There's a reason reason for tradesmen, producers, yeah, per, professional graphic designers, managers, right? Yeah. There's, okay, so you have the floor. Um. Well, I mean, first of all, I for sure. I mean, specifically at Rise Records, I might be the worst person to to ask this, but yeah. But I mean, you're a guy. You're a music guy. Totally. Does, and I can give an answer. It's not just you're from Rise. Just, yeah. You know. From from my perspective, um, I guess I feel like the label is a hub for a lot of those things you just listed. Where if I've, I've seen bands get signed and then they walk right in the door, you know, contractually to um, the best booking agents working today, the the best managers, um, you know, they've got me as their art guy, you know. So right out of the gate – They've now got their hand on a team. Yeah, a, a really, really solid team within the industry. A family, if you will. And, and it's not a team that they couldn't, because they could absolutely hit me up on a freelance basis. And if my schedule isn't insane, there's a good chance that I'm going to work with them anyway. But I can't, I can't say the same for the the booking agents and the managers. And right. But those managers, those booking agents, those producers, they're all going to listen a little, a little better if. One of the A and R guys from Rise is coming to them and saying, "Got this band." Okay, gotcha. because they're going to look at that and go, "Oh, so it's you not guys just, signed that." It's part of the family. Access. It's not just a Rolodex right. that the label provides. It's, right. It's like we always family. talk about Neil family creating a scene, creating a, a not an empire, but a thing, right? Yeah. An attractive. And the other thing is, it's like the reason I represent the producers I represent is because it's much easier. Excuse me, for me to talk about how cool they are, than mm-hmm. for them to talk about how cool they are. Right, right. Yes. Going to come across a lot. Do you really better. think I'm cool? I think you're really cool. <laughs> uh-huh. But it, honestly, if I'm trying to negotiate rates for Neil or whoever it is, yeah. and I'm, you know, hey, I think he's a really good match for your band. It's the truth. Yeah, because you're it's coming just, to them as somebody who's invested in Neil. That's right. So they're like, well, if you've invested, there that's you that's different than Neil saying I'm worth investing in. And it's, it's and it's exactly. tenfold and it's tenfold for Rise because. Yeah. They are rise. They have this this clout, a legendary status in the scene for as many years as they've been around. One hundred percent. So well, you're right. So when and a guy just from years of, I mean the the relationships that a lot of those guys at Rise have with oh, dude, some of these industry professionals. I mean it's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of value there. It's not just oh we've known this A and R guy at Rise or this A and R guy at Rise has known this producer. It's, I mean, look, like Chris Crummett. How long has Rise been? Way Since before. the beginning. Yeah. Since the beginning. That is, that is a massive, you know, they have a workflow and a system worked yeah. out, and it's just, that's really okay. solid. So that helps. That mm-hmm. helps. And, and I think every label is going to be a little bit different to answer that question. Oh, 100%. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, totally different. Yeah. I'm, I'm buddies with a couple art directors at different labels, and it's just, I've never directly asked them, like, hey, give me the ins and outs right, of your label. Like you know, there, obviously, right. that's bizarre, but... Um, I'm able to kind of like pull different parts of exactly what that process is. And it's different from what I deal with at Rise. So okay. I can only imagine how, how much it changes from, from label cool. to label. All right. Let's take a pee break. Um, anyone that wants to come in the bathroom with me is more than welcome. <laughs> as long as Andrew? it's out your butt. Yeah. I haven't um, peed for hours and yet I'm still good. I don't need right. Chug, I'm, chug, I'm, chug, I'm chug. I'm going to get worried. I'm going to go pee out of my big dick. Andrew, good <laughs> That was a good pee break. Um, we are back officially from the podcast. Alan got a little weird in the bathroom. I mean, 
You didn't have to whip your dick out. It's what I do, man. James wasn't kidding, though. He's got a pretty big dick. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an American size. It's, it's not Adam. Or, sorry. Yeah, no. Alan? Alan. That's his name. Alan's I've his name. We got names. <laughs> yeah, not even close to offended. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Stay Side Podcast. Um, AC, our trusted producer. Yep. Let's do a little uh, news of the day, current events. Oh, I'm not God, sure what we're going to call it yet. Awful weekend, huh? Has oh, it? Oh, God. I worst. live in a cave. I don't. You're about right, to so educate. So we had the uh, massacre in uh, Las Vegas. God damn it. Well, know, we can. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about this for too long because it's too goddamn sad. It so is. what exactly but happened? I think we do need to. I, I know. I know it happened, but I don't know the details. Uh, some madman shot from the 32nd floor in the Mandalay Bay Hotel. In, at a concert. Into an outdoor country venue and killed 58 people. Jeez. Injured over 200. Fully was he, automatic. Was he caught? Um, Did he commit suicide? How did uh, when the, the SWAT, you can hear it. There's um, live recordings of the police and dispatch and like the cop and his whole SWAT team up in the hallway of the hotel because they figured out where he was. Yeah, and they breached. Yep, and they're yeah. like, okay, everyone, you know, we're going to breach, 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 and hear a loud explosion. They knock the door down, and he had already killed himself because they're okay. fucking pussies. And anytime yeah. you throw, you know, a rock at them, they kill themselves. Yeah. Because they're not there to fight, right? Right. If they were, then they would they're there to go say, out. be here at this time and place, and let's <laughs> do this. They're there to go out with a bang, so to speak. Yeah, they're fucking pussies, and we don't mention their name. But, uh, yeah, that's, so that's what happened. Do we know anybody in Las Vegas? Uh, I know it. So Travis Ball, he's a new producer I just brought on. He, he's doing a tour right now in Canada with a, an artist named Michael W. Smith. And anyway, one of the, like, I think it's like a lighting girl or someone that works on that same crew had just been at that show. Oh, and wow. then flew to Canada to start wow. that tour. Jeez. So I think she was there. She's fine. But Crummit knows some people. I know Mike is from there, right? Mike is from there. So Mike's yeah, on. he knows a lot of people. I mean, I haven't dug around enough, but we all collectively know stagehands and production people, people who oh, tour. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know people who tour with OK, OK Go and like, uh, you know, all these EDM bass nectar and all that kind of shit. I mean, I know a lot of like union teamster stagehand guys. Yeah. Because I used to do it. And so, like, I, had, I don't know. I, I checked in on Instagram. No one in, indicated otherwise. But, it, yeah. you know, we're all connected to it probably closer than we know. Oh, absolutely. Like the yeah. seven degrees to Kevin Bacon yep. thing, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fucked, man. And when I woke up, so I stayed up late Sunday night working. And it was like one thirty that the news came out. Pretty mm-hmm. late at night, at least when I heard it, rather. Right, because it happened at like 10.30. Yep, showtime, yeah. concert time, late, yeah. in the, late in the evening. And uh, anyway, I remember, I think I was texting Chris. I don't remember. Anyway, and at that point, only two people were as reported dead. Oh, okay, wow. And it, But still, it was like, fuck, not another one. God damn yeah. it. Not, what a bummer. Two people died. And then the next morning I wake up and it's 58 killed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, and then like 400 injured. 400 injured. And then on top of the couple hours later, Tom Petty dies. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing about that, day. the Tom Petty thing is especially crazy just because he was, I believe, reported as having brain damage but not dead. Yep. Then very shortly after, dead. But then reported as CBS jumped the gun, he's not dead. 
So as everyone was kind of jumping for joy, he's not really dead. It was then reported that really? he's dead. Really? Yeah. Okay, so that was explains like a weird the ping confusion. Pong thing. Yeah. yeah, I saw like different posts and different reports and stuff. Yeah. So, but it is officially passed away. It is official, yeah. Yeah, so that day was terrible. Um, yeah. And speaking of Travis, I, I remember texting him and being like, well, today's a bummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do we want to still make the announcement that we're working together? Oh, right. And he was so cool about it. He's like, fuck, yeah, we do. <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, we had a plan. We're doing this thing. Yeah, like, that's kind of the, that's the tough spot to be in. We move ahead, man. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I get both sides if you Absolutely. want to lay quiet and be respectful. I get, I get it. But it's just not my style. I'm like, no, fuck that. Yeah. We move ahead, man. We do this anyway. In fact, we do it more. Mm-hmm. You go to shows even more often. Yeah. You're like, uh, and yeah, and Tom Petty, my God. I mean, for me, I don't know about you guys in this room, but he's, if not my favorite songwriter, it's certainly one of them. In yeah, top, he's top definitely five. a phenomenal. Well, I was just talking to, um, the graphic designer that I work with at Rise about him. Like we're both not necessarily fans or or su- he's a little bit before our time, but I mean, the songs that I have heard, he's just I oh mean the God. free falling alone, like alone. If he just did that me? and That's, walked away. Yeah. I won't back down. Free falling. <laughs> Don't come around here no more. It's fucking <laughs> it's it's like it's American soundtrack. Yeah. Right, Andrew? Giant catalog, man. Giant. That documentary running Almost down as a big dream. as James's cock, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Has anyone seen the Tom Petty and Heartbreakers documentary? I haven't. It's like, it's like four hours. It's like four it's hours. So is it really? It is yeah, they go start from the beginning. Highly recommend Alan because it's awesome. like everyone and their brother talks about it. You know, like Dave Grohl and all these people that are legends. I'm like, yeah, wow. I can't imagine like Tom Petty's just always been there, right? Yeah. How, how's he not? What? It definitely Tom seems Petty's that gone? way. Like when I heard that he was dead, I was like, "Oh, he died at 102. That's crazy." Exactly. Just, <laughs> yes. I know he's 66. Was not that old. It's like a little bit older than my dad. Yeah. How old was he? 66. Oh wow. I know. You know it's fucked. I'm not. Um, I'm not that supernatural of a guy. I'm not religious, really, whatever spiritual, however you want to call it. Yeah. But something new occurred to me on Monday in the afternoon. You know, I was listening to Tom Petty that whole day, and I'm sure a lot of other people collectively were as well. Mm. And I remember, like, not to get cheese, but I got, like, a little tear in my eye. I was a little moved by this guy. It's not intentional, obviously. People die when they die, but he just happened to die after one of the biggest mass murder events that's ever happened in this country. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that that's, like, extra sad and it is right but it's also him going like here here you guys need this right now right here's my music like listen to free falling sing along be happy yeah and there are all these people posting like you know celebrities and tom morello morello like hey i remember when i met tom petty or we did a show to get all these legends you know like bruce springsteen all these people reminiscing about this legendary guy right and it brought a little happiness and a little light to that day. Was it was it just natural? Was that it was a cardiac did? arrest. Yeah. Okay. So pretty much natural at that age. They found him in his you wanna look that up again, Andrew? The the article of how he passed. From I from yeah. what I remember it was a heart attack. They found him in his house. Yeah, he I think he died with family from what I was reading. Oh he really? Had, he was he had family with him and 
because like I was saying, it was uh, reported as brain damage early on. So I think it was it wasn't at all a surprise, or wow. at least to his to his family. Tom Petty's death is under investigation. Oh boy. Yeah. It's yeah. just fucked. It's so sad. But it happens. Even more reason that we have to change the world now. That's right. It's time. Yeah, and so, I mean, the shooting, all that stuff, it's just like, man, this is why you do these podcasts, <laughs> not to be, you know, yeah. self-righteous about it, but this is why we move ahead and we, we create and we make music and we make love and we talk about each other's big dicks and we fart and just, you know, have fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know, interesting fact to get off the somber note here. Yes, please. I have never actually farted in front of anyone. Get the fuck out of here. I've never done it. I've farted in front of you five times since I've been here. That's crazy. What are you talking about? Really? I know. Well, I I got made fun of it by my best friends in high school as well, but I've just always been a very. Are you a gentleman? I, su- that, I would suppose you a southern gentleman suck it back in what the like even even like Georgia Peach yeah, like it, even to go to show to my character these days when a band is in here I walk outside before I do it if I have to do it I make a point <laughs> that to do that is a professional thing of Dude, yeah, you that's legit. I don't know what it Dude, is that is legit well yeah. okay so that's uh, how you get the actually I, t- I, I lied to you I did it once in college but it was beyond my control <laughs> and I can elaborate on that please do okay so at full sale I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. It's, a, it's basically like Crohn's disease, Ooh. only it's yeah, without going into the details. So anyway, before I was diagnosed, I was going through a lot of problems and some like flatulence is one of those things I just couldn't control because it was so painful. I just had to let it out. Yeah. And when you're in a four hour lecture and you got penalized for leaving at full sale. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like yeah, full sale. I can go a whole podcast about full sale. But um, <laughs> so anyway, I'm in the middle of this class of about 300, 350 kids. And I'm in so much pain. I just have to let it out. The entire lecture room cleared out the oh. entire lecture room. And I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was so because f- I've never done it in front of people. I never do. And I was so fucking embarrassed. But be- because of the disorder, it it smelled really bad. Yeah, like you were dying. Ba- base- yeah, basically the my insides were rotting away. Is basically what it what it was happening. Do you not have yeah. that anymore? I, I it's it's a lifetime illness. However, I'm in remission. Wow. So, but yeah, at that point in time, it was it was in the height of my flare up. It was before I was diagnosed. So I was I, to go into my. To show you, two days later, I was rushed to the ER. Oh, Jesus. wow. So, so you were like, yeah, you were This was before I was on. diagnosed and everything. So anyway, yeah, the whole 350, 300 lecture room, the teachers included, we took a 35-minute long break because <laughs> of my fart. So and I was super embarrassed. And but, they knew it was you? Yeah. So I, you I told everybody because I was super embarrassed at first, but then I was like, you know what? Me. How many people on planet Earth have the fucking can say that they like cleared out an entire lecture room? Yeah, because so that lecture room got you like at your ripest. Like yeah. you were, right. you were locked and loaded. Oh yeah, and right. They just... I was ready for the picking. Oh man! I remember I used to wait tables, and uh, particularly at McMenamin's. If I love lis- that place. listeners don't know, it's a local chain of restaurants and yep. pubs, and really nice. That's what you guys say. <laughs> I have a different perspective. I would right. imagine. I think yeah. it's a company ran by hippies, pretending they're hippies, but they're not really. They're, it's. It's different when you work for them, trust My me. My experience yeah. has but always anyway, been very nice. And that's fine. They're smelly, <laughs> patchouli, fuckers. <laughs> but so uh, anyway, um, I was such an asshole that I used to love to, um, what do we call it? Like smoke bomb people. Or what does that call when you fart and you walk? 
Oh, uh, crop dusting. Crop dusting. Thank yeah. you. Crop dusting. I knew you. Yeah, yep. you that. Yeah, yeah, so I crop dusted fuckers all the time. <laughs> like, um, excuse me, um, um, you know, I'm holding like two trays of shit, and like, um, can you bring some more ranch or another root beer? Like, I would love to. <laughs> Got some coming up. Yeah. Peace out. Oh what year God. was this? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was young, early two thousands. Okay. Ish. That was before I started to bartend at the Crystal Ballroom, and see, that was okay. It's a music venue, you know. Yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Owned by the same company, but. Oh right, yeah, that's true. They just try to do too much. Like, we're a venue. We're a brewery. Mm-hmm. We're a pub. <laughs> we're a tater tot company. Yeah. <laughs> What else is going on in the world? Anyway, yeah, what else is going on? Huffington well, there Post. was an um, episode of The Simpsons that was on season four that uh, where Homer's buying a gun, and uh, there was like a five-day wait for it. And then um, what happens at the episode is while he's waiting, Tom Petty is playing. Just oh, kind of eerie. Whoa. Weird. I saw you pull that up, and I was wondering like what that prior, was. Like yeah, prior what? Oh, prior? Like in the past, an old episode? Yeah, yeah season, season four. four. So. Well, oh, shit, I didn't hear that. Oh, so what God. year was that? Was that before the Trump election episode Weird. of The Simpsons? Yeah, oh, the eerie, right? Trump or was it after? That's what I'm wondering. Are oh, they right, predicting things that... in order? Yeah. That's yeah, creepy. That is Anything crazy. else going on in the world, Dude, though? The Simpsons, they they just nailed everything. Watch, twenty like 100 years from now, we're going to find out that whoever is the mastermind behind the Simpsons is actually like some sort of Nostradamus. And he was <laughs> Andrew, trying to warn us the whole time. Go back to that site you had. There's like a, a whole thread of news. There was some interesting shit on there. Maybe that's what it was. There's something about... Uh, I don't know. So I've had flies in my face this whole time. Maybe yeah, I am a lot dying of flies again. again. I know. Up, I don't understand why. Are they just fruit flies? They look really small. Yeah, they're little fruit fry flies, but I don't have any fruit in here. Fruit fries. Fruit fries. <laughs> fruit fry. Um. Oh, Trump was in uh, Puerto Rico throwing out paper towels. So that was wait, what? What, what does that mean? Paper Why towels. Was he doing that? Why was he doing that? Is that like slang for something? No, literally throwing fucking paper towels. Just rolls of bounty. It's like, thanks for your help, Trump. <laughs> what is he? he to soak up the flood water? Like what? Yeah, I don't know. He's it's still idiot. so surreal to me. Like right? he's he is the president of the United States. I've been ignoring it. <laughs> I've been trying to. Well, see, here's here's my thing. You know how like there's always that group of people during every election who says like, "Oh, I can't do this because this is who's in charge," or "I right. can't do that." Dude, we are all in charge of our own destiny. I'm doing the same thing when Obama was in office as I'm doing when Trump's in office. Agreed. Yeah, I definitely feel that way as well. It just it drives me nuts when people try to blame other people for what they're not achieving. You know what I mean? Like, sure, somebody yeah. in office might help or hinder the condition of what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. but just because he's in office doesn't mean that the country's going to shit. We're in charge of the country. We're in charge of the jobs. We're in charge of the businesses. Like, if we want it to be prosperous, let's make it prosperous. It doesn't matter. I mean, it. it I mean, it does matter who's in charge of our country, but it's not the sole purpose as to why it's going to succeed or fail. Well, right. he's he's also the king of threatening things that would absolutely oppress a specific community, and at that point, that's fucked up. And then it's it's tougher for that community to then kind of be like, you know, it's I'm doing the same things that I'm doing, you know, with a with a previous president, but. 
he he never follows through. So it's this it's this weird thing. I think people are starting to catch on that he's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, send all all Muslims outside the country, and that's there's a huge uprising. Yeah. But then he has he do actually it. said that, or has the media said that? See, and that's the other thing. Who knows? The, yeah, because the media has absolutely been working in tandem. So it's it's. I don't trust anything media related anymore. Right. I don't care who it is. That's why I, I I generally, whenever we do this topic, current events, I always stay out of it, like to a point, because it's just like I don't. I'm doing me. I've got my life. Like stuff like the Las Vegas thing is sad. Right. It's obviously very sad. Hugh Hefner, which is what Andrew's pulling up right now. Yeah. You know, like stuff like that, but all this negativity. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, who, who right. knows? Maybe Trump has done something really good that we're just not being told. We don't know. Sure, right. he's an idiot. Sure, he does a lot of stupid stuff. If you don't like him as a person, I get that. But it's just like, I, you know what? I'm running a business. Yeah. I got my shit to do. No, it's ultimately, it's the, it's the attitude you should have. Right. But, I mean, he does affect other people. Of course. I mean, but, he's the leader of the free world. So, speaking of negativity, Neil, since Hefner died... People are like losing their mind. You know, they're, they're debating: was he, was he the epitome of freedom and you know the American dream, <laughs> the or was he a fucking? I don't know why I find that so like funny. a sexist. You know, no, like shit. you've seen any of the Playboy documentaries. The whole reason he did it was like empowering, and it was a very positive thing. The whole yeah. reason why he started Playboy, he just so happened to have fucking fun while doing it, which yeah, is what I we all dream. Don't see right? anything wrong with it? I mean. He did a great job of, a weird, of potentially just because it creating the creepiest empire of all. Like, if you were to sketch out that empire, that's the creepiest thing of all time. But he did a great job of doing it in a non-creepy way. But why is right. it creepy? That's well, my just point. the idea of it. Cause, just I mean, because at, it involves sex. Right, yeah. Look at Larry Flint. Most people look if at that. If it were any dude. other business, he'd be he'd be up there with Steve Jobs. Well, that's right. the difference between Larry Flint and Hugh Hefner. You're right. It's like Hugh Hefner. That's his name, right? Hugh yeah. Hefner. Yep. Yeah. Playboy HH, was like, as I like to call him when I'm like, at the house. Um, you know, classy nudes, right? right or classy quote and right. That's how it started, yeah. Well, because the massive Thompson difference was was Hustler was uh, buttholes. Yeah, and it would show fisting and asses and yeah. vaginas. Right. And, yeah. Right. That was a huge, and that's you know, then you can jump into how humans are bizarre about sexuality and their own body anatomy that we all have. Right. Right. It's just a part. It yeah. is weird. It's well, super that's, weird. That's something that a friend of mine in college actually taught me. He was from Europe, and he he made the distinction that in America we view sex as you know like this weird kind of creepy, mm-hmm. dirty kind of thing. In Europe, it's the opposite. Sex is like very standard. Yeah. Oh, here, yeah. here, violence is very standard. Yeah. In Europe, violence. Violence is what gets banned. Right? Yeah. Like, it's not the sex, because sex shows love. Right. But violence is, like, hate towards another person. But in, in any of our movies, you know, they, they show violence like that. But anytime there's a sexual innuendo, the rating goes up by, like, 20-fold. Yeah. It's so, the opposite in Europe. Well, and that's the huge—it's hilarious, because America has kind of dubbed, just because of Larry Flint being like, let's show, you know, vaginas and asses and all that, everyone's like— Oh, Hustler, that's the Butthole Magazine. Yeah. And then Playboy <laughs> is like art.com. Art. Like that is right. all yeah. because you're leaving out these like One harmless. Harmless. Yeah, it's parts. not a big deal yeah. at all. At all. It's it shit is really... that hopefully most of us are seeing often, you know, in the opposite sex or same sex or whatever it is. But then, you know, that's it's only okay behind closed doors. Jeez. So this article for the listeners, because this is an audio based show, not visual. We're looking at a thing that says Jared Leto will play the Playboy mogul in Brett Ratner's planned project. What is the so planned project? I would assume a movie. He's playing like a biopic or something. The biopic already. God, that's crazy. 
That's a what? What do you? We, think were, about we were talking that? about weird... on the break about how fast people adapt these fucking things. Right. right. Yeah. Sorry. Make money. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. That's, that's one of those strange things. Casting. Yeah. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. One. I feel like we're not gonna. Oh, does it say it's gonna be through Amazon right there? Yeah. No I don't know. Way. That's. I I'd be interested in that, but I mean, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, honestly, I loved. Uh, I loved Jared Leto in that uh, that movie Prefontaine that like no yeah. one's seen. Oh yeah. Oh, that movie. Did you see Dallas Buyers Club? I did not. It's incredible. I want to. That's on my list for sure. Still, Dude, he, I have a list of like a hundred movies in, in the last so good. two years that I still need to watch. So it was a documentary on Hugh Hefner, is what I'm gathering by reading this. Yeah, the story sense. of Hugh Hefner, kind of yeah. like they did the Silicon Valley one or whatever with Steve Jobs and Wozniak, and like a biopic, not yeah. a documentary. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what yeah, I mean. Right, Sorry, right, right, yeah, my it's bad. Acted. You're yeah. right. Right. Yep. yep. Um, a lot well, of good movies. Though. I'd be curious to watch that. Uh, again, I don't know what Hugh looked like in his younger years. Maybe he looked exactly like Jay Leto. Have you guys seen it? Did I've seen it twice. So have I actually. Really? I saw it at a so drive-in then I theater. Take it, you love it. So yeah, I love it. So so good. It's bizarre Perfect. to me that the hardest I've ever laughed in a theater was for it. For a horror movie. Really? Like, well, it's yeah. not scary. It's a coming of age. It's like Stand right. by Me. But those those kids. There's a couple. I think it's Rich. Is the uh, he's the one with the yeah, huge the glasses. The mouth kid. Holy shit! So he's got funny. he's got a couple lines that are so good. And then dude, watch the, out uh, for that kid. He's gonna be absolutely. Else. Yeah, it was so phenomenal. And when I saw it, so my very first drive-in experience ever was recently, and it was for it, but it was a double feature. And before it was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, I love you so much. It was the most bizarre like my <laughs> coupling, but I loved it. But it's kind of not. Yeah, that's I, what's weird about it's it. True. It's true. It's like John Hughes, like yeah. feel good. It was good. I, I loved it. I've I've heard a Me lot too. of complaints for the new one, which I understand, but I don't I don't fully support. I, I love the new Pennywise. I Me loved. Too. I'm right on board. And then what's hilarious is it because I saw it with my girlfriend, and then right after that we went home and watched uh, the original It. Just, yeah. Just fuck it. Another three hour it's movie. A let's do dated. it. It's unbelievable how kind of just in comparison how awful it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like and oh, it, the dude, older I mean, the new literally one, literally couldn't oh. agree more on this. Like the yeah. writing, like not. I'm it's, not saying like oh the effects are dated. Of course. So the new one's better than the old one. That's usually not the case. Just in way. Better. Yeah, in terms of like the character development, the writing. More it's it's based the off the same book. Stephen King book, right? Yep. yep. So where did they take the creative license to make it different? They essentially. So it's kind of more of a prequel. I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying no. this. It's it's more of a prequel. It's a valid where, question though. Yeah. Yeah, where it the original kind of jumps back and forth between present day and their adults. And then the horrifying things they went through as kids. Right. The new one. I've seen one, the old one, but not the new the one. The new one is all kids. So Just essentially, them as kids. Yeah, essentially where the new one ends, the old one begins. Oh, that makes sense. It's all just the kids' version of the story. Which is just, yeah, as a, as a great, viewer, yeah. it may. So that means the second one, one would assume it's going to be that same cast, but as adults, right? Right, yeah. They're going to make another one after that? Fuck yeah, they the are. Sequel. I mean, yeah. they made it very clear. And I, and I fully support I that because ending, this but... new one was essentially just a fat-trimmed version. Hmm. And it was, and the fat was beautifully trimmed because in seeing both of them back-to-back, Agreed. they keep a lot of things almost frame for frame. Yep. The things that matter. But then they cut out some of the bizarre – because the 1990 yeah. version is three hours long. Of just like – why I don't Horrible need to watch 10 minutes of and, sitting in a library. Yeah. And like, yeah. But it was also a really good movie, but now that we have something to compare it to, the original It. That, totally. You're right. Yeah. It, it was yeah. and is still cool back in the yeah. day, but comparatively, it's not even, well, I mean. Yeah, the old one is still absolutely necessary in terms necessary. of like our, a cinematic history. I, I don't at all think it should have never existed, but. Of course. The, uh, but the new one is just, it's very much a 2017. Yep. yep. And a brilliant.
brilliantly done 2017. They did version. what every movie remake should be doing. Yeah. Yes, that's the perfect way to say it. Yeah. They, um, they did the remake the right way. Me and my wife saw a movie last night called Battle of the Sexes. Have you heard about this? I have heard about it. Andrew, can you pull that up? Pretty please. And thank you. It's uh don't it's, encourage him. It's awesome, dude. It's it's a true story about um what's her fucking name? She was a tennis player, Billie Jean something. Is not my lover. King? Billie Jean King. There you go. Yep, Billie Jean King. Uh she was a female tennis player in the early 70s and she was one of the first ones to stand up and demand that women were paid equal to men and oh, like wow. Dude, she was so Ahead of her time. Just fucking badass chick. And anyway, uh, Steve Carell plays like a, a dated tennis champ on the men's side of the world. Who's who opposed. Start, who's oppo- who starts hearing about her, like talking about women's liberation, women's equality. And I won't ruin some stuff, but there is like some LGBT rights advocate stuff in there too okay. with her. And so anyway, and it's a true story, so I'm not ruining anything. It's a fucking <laughs> right. history. Yeah, you could Wikipedia this. But uh, yeah, so anyway, he challenges her to a tournament. Oh, wow. Like, and, and so then it's like dubbed man versus woman. Battle of the... <laughs> se- this happened. Media wow. friends. Like an arena full of people for this one tennis match. Dude, it's it's phenomenal. It was really well done. That's cool. Yeah, I'll check that out. Emma Stone plays Billie Jean King. It, yeah, it was really great, man. I really highly recommend it. It was it was quite a surprise actually. Oh yeah, keep that up. Showtime's for it. I gotta watch it. Go back to that real fast. Lloyd you, Center. So you still haven't seen it? No, I deliberately go with you. Man. I deliberately don't watch new movies because I want to hear opinions first. I rarely, you know me. Yeah, I, 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 I'm you down here in this cave for ninety nine percent of my life. I'll yeah. probably be dead down here, <laughs> and no one will know I'm dead for probably a year and a half. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. It actually makes me excited because it, ma- it, <laughs> it because no, it does because I know I'm getting shit done. There you go. That's why I, oh, positivity, law of attraction. Nine twenty-five tonight. Do Looks it. Like it. Do yep. it. All right, Lloyd Center. It is. There you go. There we go. Um, how much is a movie ticket these days? It's a lot, man. Really? Last time I went, it's like <laughs> get the, ten plus, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's about right. Last time I went, it was like eight something. If you do like the living room theater where there's like massive recliners and they serve you food, I think it's like twelve. Yeah, I want to 14. the bar. If you go at night, it's just it's all. Where's the nearest movie theater that has like a full service bar that they bring drinks to you? That'd be the Cinetopia, probably. Yeah, you'd right? have to do a Cinetopia. Which or the I don't living know. room downtown. Yeah. Which I prefer. It's always busy though. Yeah, I mean, tons of good movies. I mean, there's no, there's no excuse to not. I mean, it's and TV shows are on fire. Game oh, of Thrones, yeah. fucking Narcos, like Curb just uh, premiered. Oh, that's I still haven't. Seen, did oh you watch the first episode, yeah, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. I haven't Is it good? Seen it either. Oh, Is, really? Yeah. Fucking thank God. Are you a it's fan of that, Alan? Huge fan. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Have you guys good, seen good. Longshot, which has Larry David in it? No. So no. it's it's a I've guy. That, yeah. Oh my! I just I had to watch it because I've been looking forward to it for a month. Is it a movie? Yeah, it's it's like a it's a quick documentary. I think it's like forty five minutes, fifty minutes long. Um, a dude is essentially accused of a murder, and what gets him out of it is his appearance on a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, because he's at a Dodger game, and the Dodger vision is low. Like, Wait, I didn't hear the first. It's a documentary. Yeah, this is yeah, real. It's all one hundred percent real, and uh, they're like, kidding? you you murdered this woman one hundred percent. Like he's being interrogated and and. He's being – they oh for sure God. just want to say that he did it just so the 
the investigators can just make a kind of a quick, snappy um, job of him, essentially. They just want to be able to go home. So they're like, yeah, you did it, right? And he's like, no, I would never do that. Right. And so uh, he gets this attorney that's like, okay, I'm going to find a... That's his, what's that called? Your, uh, your alibi. alibi. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, we just got to get, so he gets a hold of like the, the senior marketing, whatever dude for the Dodgers and, uh, is like, give me all your tapes. I need to find my client. I need to place my client at this, uh, at the game. And he finds him and he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's him, but it's so pixelated and the resolution sucks. He can't, he can't, it's not admissible in court. So no uh, he's like, is there anything else you know about the game? And he's like, well, there's a, there was a film crew. And he's like, for what? And he's like, I don't know. And so he does some digging, finds out it was an HBO production. For Kurt? Calls, yeah, calls HBO and says, does this make sense? And the receptionist is going through their schedule for that year, which was years prior to this phone call. Right. She goes, yeah, it was a, an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's incredible. Which leads him to the producer. And then I'm, I'm not even going to say the rest because that alone doesn't exonerate him, but – what happens after that is even crazier. Is this an HBO documentary? Uh, it's Netflix. Dude, I'm watching that tonight. It's fantastic. It's only 45 minutes. It's one of the Fuck best things yeah, I've ever man. seen. That sounds rad. Yeah. It's already pulled up. Is that a trailer? Yep. Turn that shit up, Drew. Or I guess you can't, can you? Not yet. Oh. We'll get there. We'll get we do not have later. the technology Sorry, in the podcast. It's great, though. Long shot. Okay. Available. Available now. What else is going on? Have you watched any other good stuff or any i loved content. ozark i smashed through i ozark. started it and i want to i liked it yeah i got to keep going i absolutely loved it and it's yep. really hard kind of back to what neil and i were talking about before the podcast with video games i used to be a huge gamer just do not have the time for it now and tv shows are kind of, of in that man. same zone yeah. to get me hooked on a tv show is borderline impossible these days me too and ozark did it okay like, i'm also just a huge um i'm a huge fan of uh what is his his name? The the main guy in it. Um, the actor. Yeah. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Yeah. For, or, okay. So are you Arrested Devel- Development guy? Huge. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. Love it. Yep. You're like um, my new best friend. Yeah. Did we I, just become best friends? I I honestly I was. I also enjoyed Arrested Development. <laughs> like well, three... I guess this is the stateside <laughs> podcast with James and Alan Ashcroft. Oh. 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 I'm just gonna go masturbate now. Feels yeah. like enjoy the house. That's not <laughs> yeah. But yeah, watch watch Ozark. Just smash through it. It's so so good. It's set up for a second season, and I love that's it. awesome, man. I can't wait. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I hear Narcos is just fucking rad. I mm-hmm. watched the first half or something. Yeah, ish. Yep. Yeah, Don't Narcos. Really remember is, it. That's all the rage at the office too. Everyone, really, everyone there is watching it. Andrew, what what have you been up to, man? Any good shows? Any good things? Uh, Band yeah. stuff. Play music, man. Uh, getting ready for my show October 21st at The No with Vibrissay. Fuck yeah. So Andrew is also a drummer. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, he's a good drummer. I've been wanting to check out The No for a while. That's like a, just a tiny Yeah, just uh, reopened a while ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. New place. Yeah, oh, what's, it used what's to be like the, the Blackbird way back when, right there on Sandy. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, from The Tonic. Oh, okay. This is Perfect. The Tonic again. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's right. Hey, the Tonic is The Tonic again. <laughs> yeah, I need to check that place out again, too. Yeah, dude. Uh, speaking of the tonic, did you ever, guys ever watch that show called Bar Rescue? Yeah, I saw yep. that. Did you watch the, that episode? Yeah, what, the tonic? They, what was the name of They yeah. switched it to uh, a new... It was like Fire Hazard or something yeah, fucking it was, uh, silly. No, I got it. So I got it. It was uh, Panic Room. Panic Room. Okay. Yep. Oh, it was fairly close-ish. It was the it same was, It was kind of Disneyland <laughs> in there. They had like a little light coming from oh, the Oh, yeah. It was silly as fuck. Yeah. door. Little chains on it and shit. But I love that guy. The, the host guy. Oh, me too. He's brutal. Yep. John something... 
Yeah, I cannot remember. John his name. Badass should be his name. Yep. Yeah, he's he's a bit. Neil, you like Bar Rescue, right? What? Neil's <laughs> off mic. I'm off the mic. <laughs> I guess that's a yes. Um, hold on, hold on. I'll answer your question. Just give me a moment. Sorry, I was masturbating. We're um, talking about Bar Rescue. Oh yeah, okay. no, dude. Like I keep telling you, one of my we talk about Gary V a lot. My favorite yeah. episode on the Gary V show was with the Bar Rescue guy. I forget his name. I feel like an asshole. But <laughs> can you look that up, AC? It's What's John. So, so, uh, so John, see it, see it. Nope, John. Uh, if people listening have not heard of Gary V, James and I are huge fan. Have you heard Alan of Gary? Yeah, Vaynerchuk. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. really? Huge. Yeah. God, you everybody, are everybody fan. listening is required to go to YouTube or Instagram, wherever, and look up Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, he's yes. he's next Hi- level. Highly recommend. James Gary and I are huge fans of Gary Vaynerchuk. What's his fucking name? Still can't find it, huh? Oh, John Taffer. There it is. John yeah. Taffer. But anyway, that episode is, is very cool because they talk yeah. about business, yep. kind of like like that, tricks and tips that you thing. can do. Yeah. yeah, the red napkin trick specifically, if you watch it, pay attention to that. But the, what I like about it is like you can take that and apply it to the music world. Fuck yeah, you can. So what's your red napkin? Yep. So that's that's your homework if anybody listening. Go watch that episode and then figure out what your red napkin is. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, it's it's great, man. Yeah, Gary Vee has been a really huge influence for me the past six months or so. I mean, look, yeah. he, he's a huge character. He's ego all day. He's you know what he, he is what he is. I love to it. To me, though. the most to valuable me, thing about him, and it's in the title of that video right there: six minutes for the next sixty years of your. I love he's it. So great at just, just letting you know honest, this isn't yeah. going to take long, but it's yeah. going to be super valuable. Yep. And yep. that I think people are going to respond to that. Look, his so whole hard. his whole take on like, what's his saying? Document don't create. Right. Like, in he has other a words, lot of sayings. He has a lot yeah. of sayings, but one of, it's and essentially just d- stop overthinking. Yep. Just mm-hmm. you want to start a business, fucking do it. Yeah. You want to start a podcast, yep. do it. Figure it out. That's what we're doing. Yep. yep. Look, this might not be the best thing ever. We're we're learning. We're just doing it. We're it, figuring it out. You know this whole YouTube rabbit hole I've been going down. You yeah. call me every day. I talk about somebody new, like Simon Sinek or all these people. Yep. It's because of you, James. You introduced me to Gary Vee, and I was like, there are way- I could look things up online about how to better myself. Yeah. And I was They're like, holy value. shit. Yeah. yeah. And so I've been like, how long ago did you tell me about him? Like months. Well, yeah, when we first started to work together, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you and then I finally checked him out a couple yeah. months after that, but I was like, holy shit. Like all the band, like I highly recommend If it. any of the bands I've ever worked with are, are listening right now, if you watch Gary Vaynerchuk... It's basically me, like, several years later. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, it's, it's <laughs> crazy. I love this guy more than anything. Dude, it's... I, I agree, man. I, I've been doing him, but he does it better than I do. Well, I like so. that it's just, like, everyone, whether it's a company, a, you know, you're making socks, or you're making lollipops, or you're a band, or you're a label, or you're a management company. Or a Playboy Mansion. doesn't matter what it is. You have to be your own media agency. Yeah. You have to promote in 2017 with Instagram. This yeah. is the whole podcast you don't have conversation, to, but, but it's yeah. it's just. I mean, look, everyone exists on their phone, and you you have to get people's attention. And um, you don't it's need one of the a... reasons we started the podcast. And yeah. I want people to know we exist. I want to talk about what we're doing. That stateside is a service. We represent producers, and we're here to work. Like we're here to change the industry. We're, basically. Yeah, we're we're here to make our own drop in the like, bucket and do our thing. And yeah. so, like, yeah, he's just been a huge influence. Yeah, for sure. But that's the uh, yeah, like it, if a little tidbit. But yeah, in 2017, this goes into the label thing we were talking about earlier. 
why do you need them? Like if like like the family thing that Alan pointed out, that's that's clutch. But at the same time, if you're a DIY band, you don't want a label because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there that don't. Yeah, you yeah, literally like the Gary V. I, I give all credit to Gary V. because I've learned all this from him. But you know, like Facebook is the new MSNBC. You know, like Instagram is the new yes the CNN. Yes, like these are media outlets. Like yes. yeah, like I, I love that. I I believe that. 10 years from now, because a lot of my generation does not watch TV. Right. 10 years from now, there isn't going to be a CNN or a Dude, Fox. No, you're, or a, you're absolutely right. And, and it's the phone is it's our TV. Instagram, right? It's Instagram. It's yep. Facebook. It's all this 100%. stuff. Like, I'm yep. terrible at Insta, how, like at the social media, but I understand guys, the importance of it. How did you guys hear about the Vegas shooting? Weirdly Instagram. enough, I actually did hear it on TV, which is incredibly damn, rare for Alan, me. You're ruining I'm sorry. Yeah, point. but see, he knows it's rare. Yeah, but yeah, super that's, rare. That's true. Yeah. This is our generation. Yeah. Like you're, you're a little bit older. I'm a little bit younger. You're in the middle of us, and it's spanning that far already. That's right. Yeah. Our children are. What the fuck is CNN, oh, dude? Yeah. What you yeah. TV used that you used... for a time to watch your show and you couldn't <laughs> record it and if you weren't there at that time you missed it you had to rent a box to watch about? it you had to plug it into your wall it's it's crazy yeah so anyway so like and now is the time to get on it like you preach this to me James all the time and I'm terrible yeah. at it I need to get better at it but it's the Gary, Gary V thing again like ten years from now you're going to wish you started your own YouTube channel kind of idea yeah yeah because every like pretty I, soon people are going to start charging and the thing is like don't for youtube again like yeah the, one of the things it. i love that he brings up is like what is your you know focus on your strengths not your weaknesses mm-hmm. and so what is your thing is it yeah is it written word are you a writer is it image are you a or do, are you good on camera are you are the you guy in the band that's good at numbers guy? yeah and so for me i'm a i'm a chatty kathy i love talking and yeah. talking has always been my thing gift to gab I'm a communicator. Yeah, you so, flap your mouth quite a bit. Yeah, I, I talk. <laughs> I'm a talker. That's and why so I like you. Let, well, let's just talk in, into a microphone. Let's, yeah. let's start a yep. thing, and that thing's called a podcast. That's how it started. You and I were talking oh, on the yeah, phone for hours, hours at a time. And we're like, yeah. we might as well just start recording this. And we kept like, sake. remember that Gary Vee episode? And you're like, oh, remember that Gary Vee? Yep. And then we we're just like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yep. And the next thing you know, it's like two hours later, and I'm like, fuck, I need to go eat or something. Yeah, but yeah it's like, absolutely. why don't we just record it? Yep. So I mean, it doesn't have to be a YouTube. It doesn't have to be a podcast. It doesn't have to be a blog. It doesn't it's but find it's just, the one you like? Find the one thing you are good at and do it. Yep. And yeah. It, a huge thing with uh, with uh, Gary V for me, something that resonated huge with me was not waiting for something to be perfect. Just be fast. Yes. Speed. Like, yes. Get it out quickly. Speed. Don't get it out perfectly. Yes. Because I am the king of. It's not. It's not ready yet. It's not ready. Perfection is perfect. And then the what happens? It never comes out. Then it'll never. Yep. Come. No matter what it is, it just. Or never you miss the deadline. and You get a fucking rap anyway, yep. and then it still comes out Someone, not as good as you want. Yep. And the other thing, like I lo- it's to that speed conversation. It, that is really applied to macro versus micro. Mm-hmm. Like in the micro, it's all about speed. Yeah. Like day to day, just get shit done. Do things all day quickly. Like pump it out. Yep. But on a macro, like take a step back, bird's eye view. What's my goal? What's yeah. my vision? Right. Am I am I still on track? What, who do I want to work with? You know, where am I in five years? So, All yeah. of that stuff. So the Simon Sinek guy that I keep telling you about who you need to check out. I will. He, he made an interesting, um, I guess you'd call it a metaphor. Um, but anyway, he's like, humans, if you have a clear direction, 
humans can do remarkable things, but if you don't have a clear direction, they get obsessed with the route. And the example that he gave was Hmm. if you're standing in, in this room, for example, and you're standing in a corner and I tell you to walk from that corner to that corner in a straight line. Right. You'll start walking. And then I put a chair in front of you. Right. You walk around the chair. Right. But if I were to tell you, if you were staying in that corner, I said, walk in a straight line somewhere. And you're like, where do you want me to go? It's like, I don't know. Anywhere. You're smart. Figure mm-hmm. it out. And so you start walking in an arbitrary direction. And then I put a chair in front of you. You come to a grinding halt. Right. So if that's off your point, if you have a destination, we as human beings can get there. But if you're walk like if you're walking with kind of not clear about where you're trying to go, right? Any obstacle in your way is going to stop you at a grinding halt. Yeah. Or if once you or, once you leave for that des- that destination and you just have an expectation that zero chairs are going to be in your way. Yep. I think that that's a, a, that's a good that, that, like that's that. a problem that's with a lot of people is that oh, okay I need to yeah. even with a podcast I need to start a podcast right. and it could very well be as easy as I need to start it. I need but to start it. Then maybe you run into. Uh, a producer issue. First person you call to be a producer. I can't. I'm busy with it. Okay, that's an obstacle. Right. Now you got to call a second guy. Right. You know, or oh, you don't have a venue. So now, do you rent out this studio space, or do you? And there's going to be all these little chairs that you have to. And I, I do honestly think some people fool themselves into thinking it's that easy. Right. Just, just start a podcast. Right. And then they hit that first obstacle and they go, "Fuck this." Well, yeah. that's because they don't have a clear destination in right. mind. What or are you they, trying uh, to achieve? Or they're with just overthinking up front. They're they're yeah. trying to figure out all those chairs and obstacles in the way that's prior to way, starting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can think of some. Like it's probably a good idea to be like, "Okay, uh, we need the mics. We need this. We need that. We need Andrew. We need the mix. Whatever." You come up with all that stuff ahead of time and. How do you upload the iTunes? We you prepare as best as you can. You do the best yeah. you can. But when you have the clear destination, yeah, the chairs don't I, matter. I always use this example. When I I actually got hired to bartend at the Crystal Ballroom, which is a almost two thousand capacity venue. I had never bartended a day in my life. Mm. I got the job through a friend, kind of thing, a hookup. I had waited tables for the same Bill company. Gates didn't have an OS. Yeah, and so, and so <laughs> basically, like. I started my first night. It was a sold-out show. As busy as the venue could possibly get, and I was put at the the busiest bar in the venue. Not just the busiest bar, but the busiest point at the venue. Right. And my manager did that on purpose. He's like, all right, good luck. Just trial by fire. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've never even, you know, and Figure I went out. bartend <laughs> in 24 hours. Like, yep. legitimately, it was like, it just is imprinted in my brain now. Lemon drop, margarita, fucking cosmopolitan. And I and like I I'm so thankful for that night. It was brutal. Kind of sucked. It was really stressful. You probably hated him at I, the time. I hated him. I was really embarrassed. It was like the worst. But God damn it, I'm so thankful for that experience. Yeah, yeah people need that. Get yeah, put man. into an uncomfortable because that's Fuck yeah. That's the it's so uncomfortable to show you who you are to yourself. So sometimes you need yep. that outside person oh, yeah. to make you do that. To, that's uh, right. No, you're gonna do because you would never just elect. To put yourself in that situation. Everybody doubts no. themselves more than they actually I think are. I would yeah. more today. You know, not to like right. pat myself on the back, but right. since I'm a little bit wiser and mm-hmm. I've been through that. A but few you times. wouldn't you wouldn't be this much wiser if it wasn't for that. That's right. right. Yeah. Amen. That's the whole idea. Yeah. Like, you know, if you get put like you like there's always two sides of every story, so to speak. So if yeah. you, if you get put in a shitty situation, you can either sit there bitch and complain about it, or you can look at it as an opportunity to learn something. That's right. Make the best out of it. Yeah, I mean, when something's any... tough, you're about to learn something. You yep. should be excited. You shouldn't be nervous. You shouldn't be scared. You shouldn't be anxious. Yeah, you... and honestly, it's like the whole um, 
life, you know, it's, I want to forget the saying, but it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, it's just, it's just true. You can't fight it. Sort yeah. of contradicts what I was just saying, but well, it's in a different aspect. No, what I'm saying is the right. whole point of it is to, to learn as you go. And that's what you gain to going right. through those trials. And yeah. When yeah. you're, when you're on your clear route to your clear destination, all those chairs, you learn from the chairs. That's yes. kind of what that yes. means from my analogy. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You, you want to pick the destination. You want to have a clear path of where you're going. I was joking. That should be I know the first stateside saying. podcast shirt is learn from the chairs. I love it. That's, <laughs> that's your guys' first slogan. He's going to design it. Chairs. Out Maybe of context, it makes zero sense. Just makes <laughs> you guys sound like psychopaths. Yeah. Learn from the chairs. What the <laughs> well, what was that big, dude, that big YouTube sensation with the gecko and the dude tripping on acid? Oh, not yeah, my chair, but, uh, not my problem. Steelist. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Not my chair. That's what I say. <laughs> Dude, that amazing. shit was so weird. Dude, oh, that man. well, that's the context for our shirt now. I heard that that was actually not true. He wasn't actually tripping on acid. I don't care. It's See, hilarious. You never know. It was, it was a comic. That's it was the beauty a guy of just it. being funny. See, either story is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, either story is hilarious. It's fucking it's one of the funny. And that's like early YouTube. I know. <laughs> Dude, I binged on this. Dude, this was a fad was amongst so my friend funny. group for like months. I'm all about his, his bitchy posture. Yeah. With his... <laughs> Whoever did the chair, animation was genius. It's so good. Stillst. <laughs> now back to Alan. Do you do any animation stuff like that? Do you do I any don't. video stuff? No. no when I've... when a when a music video comes in or is thought about, do you have any hand in nope, that? Nope, that's not me. The other designer just out of necessity picked up uh, After Effects, but he's such a quick learner. He was just like, "Yeah, dude, I'll figure this out." Just like it was like a, an errand, like running to the bank. Like, yeah, let me go. I'll just. And now he's just he's knocking out listening videos and. Yeah. And just all sure. these these cool little video edits and stuff. I've always wanted to get into it, but it's just it's hard to discipline myself to say no to a few projects to open up the time right. to get into After Effects or Premiere or whatever. Yeah, you you had talked about it early on in the podcast, but how how often are you working on the side? Your independent stuff. I know you're pretty selective because you don't have a lot forty of hour a week but... type of job. At yeah, Rise. I mean there have been days that are six, sixteen hour days, and, sure. and ten of them were at Rise. The music sure. industry is not right. nine to five. Yeah, no, it's it's insane. Um, it right. yeah, it just comes down to if uh, if I get hit up for something that's I, I was hit up for to do merchandise for Wu Tang Clan, and I was like, I'm just not going Damn. to say no to that. You know, and, what does that mean? Talk about that. Um, yeah, it's usually just um. It's if it's not their label, then it's some sort of like a, a merchandiser. Designers love working for merchandisers because you get uh, what's called a kill fee. So just to submit, you kill, know, they, kill fee. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, yeah they, they might. So they that. might say like uh, the the band wants to see we should you know f- uh, four designs. So you submit four designs and you get fifty percent of the money for each of those. So if the uh, if the full approval is three hundred per design, you get one fifty for everything you submit, whether it's approved or not. Then if it's approved, you get the remaining 150, or you What's get the, the remaining... benefit of that. Is that your designer? So, yeah, yeah. So oh, you dope. you essentially get money right out of the gate. So Shut up, Andrew. like if if Neil hit me up for merch and he's like, I want three designs, I send him three. He pays me 150 for each of the three designs. So but what's the incentive to me for doing that? Um, you know, honestly, I was talking to uh to a designer buddy of mine yesterday, and there's there's kind of nothing. I think it's a it's a level of professionalism where it's like. These are the big leagues, and we're only asking you to do it because we know your work is good. And one of the benefits of working with us gotcha. is that you get this kill fee. Because That's really cool. They're working – at that point, if, if you're working with a merchandiser like that – We don't like see that, that in the producer industry. No, not at all. You don't see that in a lot of industries. We should try to figure out how to adapt that. Yeah, it's nice because for somebody like me that 
just literally doesn't have the time to submit stuff in hopes that it gets approved, and then therefore well, I hope that I get paid. That's like a producer doing a free test mix. Yeah, I can't. I just couldn't possibly do that right, right now. I could have, you know, five years ago. Right, right. So for me to say yes to that, I, I have to get that kill fee, and I think that's the same with tons of designers. And that's what you call it a kill fee. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a kill fee, submission fee. So um, like you submit three designs in this scenario, you get paid 150 each, yep. and then you get a call that's like, hey, we picked yours, and the, another 150 shows yep, up? correct. Now, what's the incentive to, like, if they just get everybody to send it in for 150, they use one and not tell the guy? Uh, well, yeah, I, that would be illegal, because you uh, you have a contract with them, typically, gotcha. that, uh, that, that states that that's not the case. Since Andrew has it pulled up, did you do anything on the issues, Ragger? Yeah, yeah, I did the whole layout. I love that. Yeah, I didn't do That's this, so this painting. They supplied that that painting. It was actually a full – I had to cut it out. There's actually a whole other chunk. Oh, gotcha. Um, but gorgeous. we just thought it looked good, kind of isolated against white, and then go um, like a gold foil for the logo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did that full for, for LP and, and CD. Now those – like Crummit and the bands and all that, they get those billboard charting yeah. plaques. Do you have any design in those? No, I think the company that supplies those designs those. Oh, okay, as but far the, as but I know. they take the artwork that somebody yeah, like correct. you has yeah. done. And, okay, yeah, gotcha. they'll take print files and stuff and and do their thing with those. Gotcha. For those of you listening, us producers sometimes get plaques too. <laughs> I know. I, I, wish, I wish designers would get them. We yeah, definitely really. deserve them less, but. If there was ever, <laughs> if there was ever an extra one floating around, I'm not mad at. Are there? You know how they have like less. the Grammys and the Emmys and all that stuff. Is there any sort of graphic design awards? Well, there. It's funny you ask because there was a, um, there was, talk of me being submitted. We or we did submit of Mice and Men Cold World for album artwork of the year. The Grammy Association. Really. Yeah, the, the Grammy Andrew, Association can you pull came, that up, to, came to rise, or or we were given the opportunity to submit to the Grammy. I don't I don't know which how it worked, but there was talk of it, and it, it just didn't happen. And gotcha. if it would have, I wouldn't have even cared if, if I won, because just being able so to— So there is such a thing, though. Yeah, yeah, album art, because I think it went to—I um, uh, uh, don't know how you say the, the band name, Bon Iver? Bon Iver? Oh, bon yeah, Iver. Bon, bon Iver, Iver yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe it went to that designer, which is— very but yours didn't get submitted no no didn't well didn't get so yours would have nominated it was submitted we ended up sending them physical copies and that's pretty cool but i mean it's you know the i saw the the nominees and they're all mine what was the record art what was the album uh andrew's looking it up it was uh of mice and men cold world cold world i want to see this that was the one with the crazy booklet you were talking about yep Yeah, yeah and i i collaborated with this uh super old italian um uh sculptor and he was oh, wow. he was almost oh, impossible really to get a hold of on the phone because I had to call his art gallery and when they answered Whoa, look at that. they the the person was speaking Italian right so I just had to say Robert Custerly trying you know contact and just trying to use like broken English essentially wow. now and whose I, idea was it to, why was the band's idea to get in touch yeah, with that guy uh, yeah Tino the the drummer for the band he he uh, sent us some example images and was just like this is badass like we should. We should work with this. So I went through his whole portfolio, and uh, I oh, was so like, you took the initiative to actually contact the guy himself. Yes, yeah. Once they Holy liked shit. him, I was like, well, I'm not just gonna like rip his stuff, or you know, let me get a hold of him and I'll get the high res. This and... is that family you were talking about earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I was like, all going, right, let me... taking that kind of initiative. That's fucking rad. Yeah, because I feel like if if I was, is that a picture of a sculpture? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So he, those are real people that he. Um, 
I want to say he like he paints them to look like sculptures, and then he uh, treats them a little bit in Photoshop. And then I took those images, treated those myself. I cut them out because they had a background, cut them out and kind of like fitted them. And there's just a full um, a full layout with uh, I think three different sculptures that are all like kind of creepy and cool. Yeah, and, it's killer, man. Yeah, it was a really intense project, but it turned out really awesome. So uh, you guys are working still out of Beaverton, right? Yeah. Yep, we're still there. What time do you have to typically get there? Um, it's it's pretty loose because I I tend to stay real late, so they kind of yeah they look they at me like your time whenever you got if you got to get here at ten a.m. we know you're staying until like as long 9 as you get done what we need to get done exactly yeah. yeah so um was today a little rough for you to try to get out a little early not really no because I I had gotten almost everything that needed to be done a lot of like social assets we had like some tour announcements and stuff yeah got those done real early um nice. and I got in kind of early too so it wasn't too bad but I I'll get in anywhere from. 7:30 to like nine o'clock cool sometimes 9 30 if traffic is weird so right it's not too bad and i'm yeah. able to work from home i just recently went through this weird headache of because I, I have a mac pro there with um dual monitors but then at home i have an imac so i but in comparison in terms of computing power my home rig is like a honda civic yeah. and then at, at work is like a ferrari right so like, the, res- the resolution is probably way different too yeah 100 yeah. and just everything just so smooth on that mac pro so I'm like, can I take – and the Mac Pro is like a little wastebasket. Like it's a little garbage can looking thing. Yeah. It's like I wonder if I can take that, hook that into my iMac. And everything I looked up on Google was like, yeah, you just need a, a Thunderbolt cable. And it nice. seemed so simple. But then there was like four hours of troubleshooting yep. with weird things like that you don't think about. Like, well, my mouse is Bluetooth for my iMac. So when I go into target display mode to use my Mac Pro <laughs> but then use the monitor of my iMac – my mouse is going yep. to my iMac, but now I need it to go to my Mac Pro, and right. it's confused because it's Bluetooth. Right. And I'm just like, maybe this, <laughs> maybe this is going to be impossible. Yeah. But I had my ego to f- help me through the four-hour troubleshooting. So you are session. ready to work from home? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm golden now. You, I have man. like a legit setup. I can plug it in like two seconds. And how often are you doing that? All the time now. That's I, yeah, I, I was going to ask. So what? So you being a graphic designer, all the files are being delivered and sent basically digitally. Yeah. Is there a point for you having an office now? Um, I, well, I mean, yeah, just company being yeah, there. I would say I 100% could work from home all the time, but there is something to be said. And I, and I highly value that face-to-face time with my coworkers. Absolutely. In terms of I love sitting with supervisors and being like, all right, explain exactly what you need, and then go. There's nothing that makes up for that, right? Yeah. And they're just like, and, and I. It obviously is is better for them to yeah. know that I'm I'm there. I'm not there. just getting a right. check, but PJs, I'm a ghost. Yeah, Cheetos. Right. Yeah, and I also just love everyone I work with, so it's just so yep. easy to like. It, it legitimately nine times out of ten feels like I'm showing up to like some private clubhouse. Yeah. that me and all my friends have, but we're also just cranking out cranking cool up work. Rad stuff. And, yeah. That's Which just reinforces so cool, the awesome feeling. Yeah. And then, yeah. I've never taken a sick day and I never will because the idea of missing a day well, yeah. for something like you're just that fucking yourself is over. sad. Yeah. Because like, no, <laughs> you enjoy you. it. No, thank you. Yeah. That's great, man. Well, your friends are there and stuff. So yep. you, have, you have a girlfriend, right? I Lo- do. Long term thing? Yeah. it's. Uh, I think uh, December will be a year. Nice. So, cool. Yep. Yeah. We met on Tinder, which she hates. <laughs> She's saying that like it's not, it's not romantic enough. Isn't I, it like what's the percentage of people that meet on oh, uh, the last stuff? like probably twenty people I've talked to have all been off yeah. of Tinder? Really? Yeah. I don't have a problem that with is it. So I, not something I get the vibe I when she's about. with me and I tell I people I, I feel like she wishes I like saved her from like a shark attack and then we fell in love yeah, right that's there standard, on the shore. Like, AC, can you look that up? 
how many people today meet on See online what that statistic is? Dating. It's a lot more. Think, yeah, You're going like, to be surprised. I, I bet I am. It's dude. basically the standard way of doing things I mean, now. It makes you don't sense. go out to a bar to meet people anymore. In right. fact, I went out to... You're um, a creep if you do now. This was several <laughs> several, several months Jesus. ago, but I was attempting to, the dating thing again. Failed miserably. But anyway, so I went out to meet a Tinder date. It didn't go well. It was nothing bad. It was just like a mutual non-attraction. So I was, but I was at the radio room, if you've been there. Uh, yeah, Draper, once. my good yeah, friend, so Michael Draper used to work there. Pretty cool bar. But so I'm up there and I'm like, you know, like thinking in my head, fuck it. I'm at a bar. This is how people traditionally would meet back in the day. So I'd go up to people and just try to strike a conversation. They didn't have it. Like yeah. you do not go up to a random group of people or an individual in a public place anymore. It is like considered extremely rude. That's so fucking Yeah, you're weird. a threat at that point. Yeah, Andrew, you're like, just, what the fuck Andrew, do you want? Type in just percentage of people. Literally just say percentage of people. I love that stat that, that I just meet. saw. Percentage of Tinder users that are single, fifty four percent. Yeah, because it's a hookup site. That's incredible. A lot of people just use. I mean, most so it's people. Just a fuck. Are, so yeah, yeah, almost half of the people on <laughs> Tinder have somebody in the bed next to them. That maybe they've been with for right long term. Yeah. Good lord almighty. Well, that could be too. Like people that have been on Tinder, they meet on Tinder and then they just start ignoring their app. Right. Yeah. I know a lot. That's of actually like that's that. a good point. Yeah. yeah. Because when you, I mean, there's this is a whole other social conundrum, but when you start dating somebody you meet on Tinder, do you delete your Tinder app? Is that the right thing to do? Right. Forty percent of Americans use online dating. Yep. 52.4% men, 47.6% women. Age of impact? Uh, the demographic. Wow. 53% of people lie on their online dating profile. I think it's a lot See, more than that. weird, man. <laughs> I think it's a lot more than that. <coughs> yeah. That is so Can't tell you how many times I've met up with... The- oh, there it is. Okay, 20% of current committed relationships began online. That's way lower than I would have thought. But that's also current. Well, it's only so, new. Wait, 10 years, yeah. That's yeah, be... I mean, online dating is still a fairly new phenomenon. Yeah, true. Oh, and it's only yeah. And it's only hitting... Well, think about all those things that are, that are like that. Like, five years ago, if I told you that your you know, girlfriend's going to get into a stranger's car and you're right. going to pay them money to drive yeah. you somewhere... Yep. Like yeah. Uber is a crazy idea. It really. But yet, is. when I walk up to a group of people at a bar, I get viewed at as a creep. Yep. That's weird. that's just the way the world is changing. You got to start waiting for them to come out of the bar and pick them up that. in your car. Yeah. <laughs> then you're not a creep anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's the secret. That's nuts. So, do you live out here in Portland, or where do you live? Yeah. So now, um, I I just moved in with her, um. And we are in uh, like northeast Portland. Nice. So I was in Southwest. So it's it's really nice. Like northeast out, Portland. It's yeah. Not too far what from part? here. Uh, so we're on. Um, I don't. I guess I don't really know uh, parts of Portland. We're we're buying new seasons. I know that we're uh, maybe twenty minutes walking from Moda. So we're up oh. like Williams. Like we're up. Yeah. Portland. Oh, it's by Stefan Studio. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. 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 It's actually yeah. it's it's yeah, okay. not too far from that. I could probably get there and like. 10 minutes walking, walking. yeah nice yeah. so we're, we're up in it like it's, cool. it's really nice to be like you want to go get food and we just step it's out the zone yeah, yeah. man and, and rent is, it's cool because our our landlord lives underneath oh, us like in the it's a two-story and we're in apartment b which is above him and he's uh it's funny because he's a bassist but not like 
the basis that we would all think he's a old timey like stand up basis. Oh no, 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 nice. And it's <laughs> and it's yeah, it's hilarious because it's not even that cool. Like it's literally <laughs> at like and if he hears this, he's gonna be just livid with me probably. That's okay. But no one listens to this. It's fine. It, uh, at like <laughs> three AM it'll just be boom. Boom, boom, boom. For like three hours. <laughs> really? For three hours. The complete opposite of what you'd picture as a, yeah. having a downstairs. It's not even like if, if like Les Claypool lived under me, that's right. that's fine. But just two notes for right. Right, from right. three AM to six AM, I'm just like that's <laughs> oh, insane, that's brutal, man. I can't man. I can't hang. That's brutal. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, we are approaching two hours. We should probably wrap this up. Um, it's funny. I was about to say the exact same thing you were yeah. going to say. I finally have to pee, so this is perfect. Excellent. Well, let's, uh, first of all, thank you for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thank you guys. Well, I think uh, if as long as you're willing to, I'd love to have you on as much as possible. Oh, I think you're all day, really yeah. Rad. I'm, cool. I'm super into it. And like I was saying off air, I think it'd be rad if we hired him to do the logo. Fuck I'm all about it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We'll, 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 we'll talk, talk, yeah, we'll talk and see what it. that would entail, but cool, yeah. Man. Yep. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Like, what, say the website again one more time. Yeah, so the website is just it came from the sky. Co. Um, I think I also have alanashcraft.com and I believe I have alanashcraftsucks.com. Really? <laughs> so if if I have that, use that third one. Can you check? Yeah, see That's if I have incredible. sucks. I'm almost positive. I've can you can you spell the last name by the way? For is some? it all actively updated? Uh, yeah, it should all literally point to this. Oh, AshcraftSucks.com. No, nope, he doesn't own it. it. I gotta fix that. So it's just Alan Ashcroft. Yeah, Alan Ashcraft. So it's A S H C R A F T. A lot of people say Ashcroft, which is fair because right. it's more common. But it's A S H C R A F T. Um, but yeah, just it came from the Co. Cool. It's still. I have a lot of like lorem ipsum uh, in a lot of these uh, these captions for some of my artwork. But I'll right. I'll get to it when I'm not slammed. I and then know. social media is it came from the sky as well. Yeah, almost all of it is okay. just it came from the sky. So any uh, any work you would in like maybe four or five pieces that you would point people to to check out that you're proud Man, of. Um, yeah, I'm sure some there of it is like non commissioned. Like uh, I ended up doing well, it was semi commissioned. I was I was asked to do some stuff for uh, Travis Scott's upcoming album, but also oh, isn't upcoming. It's, so it's there's been an album from him that's uh it's been rumored i want to say for like another for the past two years uh called astro world he's even confirmed that it's gonna happen um Fuck yeah, man. So, one of the guys i represent ryan lewis oh okay. he, he worked with a rapper named drom yep yeah and drom just got off tour with uh travis scott and right um kendrick lamar yeah drum was and on they're, they're killing it man when Travis. drum was on tour i want to say a year two years ago he had like some off dates and he recorded with my buddy Matt, who uh, is an engineer at um, Black Diamond Recording Studio. In L.A.? No, oh, I've met uh, Matt. No, in North Portland. Carolina. Yeah, I've yeah. met oh, Matt. Okay. Yeah. He just hits me up. He goes, you know who Drom is? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, he's in the studio right now. I'm I've like, never met Drom. All the working with his management. Yep. And dude, the nicest group of that's, people That's possible. all I've heard, too. And Ryan's yeah. just like, he's just a fucking sweetheart. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what Matt said. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, so... Travis Scott might Yeah, yeah, so Travis Scott art um it's been blowing up on the internet me and uh, a, a buddy of mine that I'm uh working with uh, I can plug his stuff his name's Kid Camera and he's uh he was a photographer for um for Travis Scott and some other huge names in hip hop uh he kind of came to me and was like I got an idea I want you to kind of be the dude to push the pixels and I want to go spacey with it and Astro World is all about a a now defunct um uh, a theme park uh, out of Houston. It, it survived. I think it was only up for like 11 years, 12 years. 
and uh, Travis Scott as a kid frequented uh, that that establishment, and um, that's kind of what this album's going to be about. So we had to get great. the roller coaster in there, get spacey with it. No way. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I'm just a huge hip hop fan, so I have like a, a a weekend piece for his album Starboy, and uh, obviously Wu Tang merch, and yeah. But then I go the other way with I'm working on stuff for Alice in Chains, and just finish stuff for Corn. Um, what? Yeah, so, motherfucker. Yeah, all over the place. <laughs> no, always but, uh, hustling. He's legit. He's always hustling. Oh, I knew he's, he's legit, reason. but he's god damn it. Yeah. No, he's he's having fun, killing it, doing man. it. Yeah. It's great, man. It's a dream. That's awesome. It is. And again, you found your corner. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm, yeah, I mean, you're I'm paying attention in class. Yeah, you know? that's right, man. Yep. 100%. Back to the analogy. Right. I love yeah. it. Yeah, just because you oh, cool. f- you suck at math and the teachers hate you doesn't mean you can't be successful. Exactly. Yep. 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 Neil, where where can they find you on socials? Find me. Why do they care about me? Alan's in here. He's working with corn and because <laughs> you're a producer, I represent <laughs> and people want to know. So Instagram is Neilio Angle, N E I L I O E N G L E. That's mostly what I'm on, but yet still rarely. You can find me personally at James I Mac or am I James Ian now? Oh I my God! Come on, professional. Uh, yeah, James <laughs> Ian Macmillan. And then you can find Stateside at Stateside NGMT. Uh, Andrew is off mic, but Andrew is a rad drummer in a couple bands. He is. Don't mind if I drew. <laughs> oh, that's that good. That's good. Don't mind if I drew on Instagram. That's a good account. A lot of pictures, funny videos. And he posts a lot of stuff on the, on the podcast there as well. Uh, yeah, statesidemgmt.com is where you can find us. We are a service. We represent music producers. If you're a band looking to work, give us a shout out. Thanks again, Alan. Yeah, thank Appreciate you guys. It, man. We'll Absolutely. do it again soon. Such a blast. Love All right. It. See ya. Peace. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.